Welcome back to Word of God. We are three English majors who have set out to analyze Supernatural now that it's done to figure out what was it supposed to be, what did it become, and how. I'm Ash, the old time fan. My pronouns are V, Vim, or it, It's, and you can follow me on Tumblr at The Voice of Nightvale with dashes. I'm Emma, the latecomer. I use any pronouns, and you can follow me on Tumblr at Lazarus Emma. I'm Wyatt, the newcomer at UCM Pronouns. You can follow me on Twitter at Tuple Thrones. You can follow the show on Twitter, Tumblr, and on TikTok at Word of Godcast. Today we are talking about today we are talking about season seven episodes nine, How to Win Friends and Influence Monsters, and ten, Death Store. Bobby's dead, you guys. Spoilers. I know. I watched the the um the last episode there at like midnight last night, and I was crying, mm-hmm. and then I stopped the episode, and I kept crying. Oh. <laughs> I did. I did get choked up at the end. I I will admit. Yeah. No, I, I was had like, to like go into the I next room sad. to get more tissues. I was like, I wrote in my notes, oh no, it's midnight. Do I have to be emotionally prepared for Bobby to die? Yeah. And the answer is yes. Yes, you do. The answer is yes. I had like a glass of wine. I was like, I'm just going to relax and watch this next Supernatural oh, episode. Oh, God. And I'm like, oh no. A little bit wine oh, no. tipsy. I was, at a, I was at a magic draft, and as we were leaving, I was like, fuck, I have to go home and watch Supernatural. Show's not even good. Cass isn't even in there. And then it's like... <laughs> These two these episode. two episodes were really good. Yeah, like good episodes and emotionally traumatizing. And I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> I hate it yeah, when the I Supernatural this... season seven is good. To uh, to I guess call back to beautiful gliders comment. Like, yeah, this season has its ups and downs, just like every other season. Mm-hmm. I just can't get over the dick jokes. Like that uh-huh. is really uh-huh. what's bringing it down for me. <laughs> oh, I I brought it up for me. Brought it up, huh? <laughs> Content warnings for this episode include death of family, death from a gunshot wound, cannibalism, drugs, fat phobia, animal death, contaminated food, auto cannibalism, gore and corrosion, discussion of suicidal and suicidal ideation, discussion of mutation in like a sci-fi way, uh, mentions of beheading, disordered eating, food horror, mention of eye horror, body horror, horror, internal intestines, self-harm, uh, animal slaughter, a la the meat industry, uh, child abuse, alcoholism, and the death of a spouse. If you'd like us to warn for something we don't already flag, you can reach us through our ask box on Tumblr or send an email to wordofgodcast at gmail.com. Also, you can use those vectors for any other comments or questions you want to send in. Um, but this time we don't have any, so am I yeah. cleared to start? Oh, I just mm-hmm. wanted to say before we start, I watched. I finally watched Turning Red last night. Uh, sorry, two nights ago. That movie's really cute. That gets a Wyatt thumbs up. <laughs> okay, seven nine. How to win friends and influence monsters. Written by Ben Edlund. So much spam in my mouth. All right. Cold open. We see some glampers get strung up from the trees in their sleeping bags and eaten. That's pretty much the only thing that happens. Uh, we see Bobby. Title card. Bobby and the boys have been hiding out low profile. Dean is whiny because he's depressed. Um, Sam points to the case from the cold open and suggests that it might be the Jersey Devil that's eating people in this forest in Jersey. Uh, so they head into town to investigate first. At Biggerson's restaurant, the boys talk to Ranger Rick, a human being, not the raccoon. Um, Rick is weirdly chill for someone whose partner Phil is missing. Um, Bobby tells the boys that he's ruled out a couple of other monsters, and then Dean pisses off a gay little waiter before enjoying his turducken sandwich. Bobby thinks that the turducken is this, madness. This was the evil clone of the gay little waiter from the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> Um, evil little gay waiter quits his job and storms off because he's having a bad day. 
Um, the gang wanders through forests and they reminisce about how Bobby used to be a normal person, wildlife hunter, and he like took them on hunting trips. Um, and then they find Phil dead in a tree. They call in Rick, who continues to act weirdly high and or dumb. And then he gets grabbed and eats and Dean says something dumb and both of the other guys look at him funny. Um, Bobby flexes his hunting skills and shoots the thing out of the tree, so they take it back to their base. The transcript calls this the creature. It's a person. It's just a guy. But it's a guy with something wrong with him. Uh, it's a weird guy. Mid-examination, he wakes up. What if there was a weird guy? That's the show. Um, So they shoot at him like 700 more times and he just goes down for real. Um, They find his wallet and ID and although he currently looks like skeletal, he used to be obese. So something's weird. Something weird happened to this guy. What's up with this guy? Um, Dean continues to be like weirdly out of it in the background while Sam and Bobby poke around in the dead cannibal's guts, finding grayish goop and some odd shit he's eaten, plus malformed adrenal glands, which explain the strength or whatever. Dean insists that they take a break to go eat dinner, and he gets another TDK Slimer at Biggerson's. Sam and Bobby talk about the case. Dean says he doesn't care at all, which makes the others look around at, like... It's a restaurant full of people eating, but they're like, oh my god, we are in a horror movie. God forbid consumers do anything. Anyway, they're like, ah, there's something in the fast food that's making Americans complacent. Uh, And they turn out to be right. So back at the house, the sandwich belches gray goo, and Dean is like, um, wow, that's that's maybe weird. I'm still too chill about this, but it's weird. Uh, he starts leaping it off while Sam and Bobby stake out Biggersons. They talk about their feelings without Dean. Um, Sam is worried about Dean's mental health. Um, but he doesn't mind his own mental health crisis. We'll talk about this. Brandon, the waiter, tries to jump a woman in the parking lot, but he gets taken down by someone we don't see. Sam and Bobby see a weird little nondescript truck boots. show up to Biggerson's, and Edgar is there to receive it, and Brandon, who's recognizable by his gay little flashing suspenders. Um, so he <laughs> takes this Brandon and the food into the warehouse. Uh-oh. Uh, Dr. Gaines, the Leviathan, talks to Edgar about this experiment where, as mentioned, the TDK Slimer is making Bakerson's customers complacent, except for sometimes it makes them go cannibal. Edgar says to burn the captured cannibals because Dick is coming. Um, Bobby and Dean have a talk about Dean's depression, and Bobby says, if Dean dies before him, I'll kill him. Um... Hello. And Dean decides that Bobby needs a condo. <laughs> then they see Dick Roman arrive, and Bobby has to explain who that is to Dean, oh, who no, apparently doesn't know anything about who the top 35 most powerful men in America are. Um, we see a Photoshop montage of Dick hanging out with important people and clips of him using corporate speak. Um, and then Bobby takes out some spy gear he borrowed from Frank to go listen in on Dick's conversation. Dick admires Dr. Gaines' experiment, where a family sits in front of the TV chewing and not even noticing that their grandma's dead next to them, but he's pissed about the failures, which is the cannibalism margin. Um, Bobby watches as Dick and his assistant Susan bib Dr. G. Remember they mentioned that? Uh, it means that they're forcing him to eat himself. And then Bobby gets captured. He wakes up sitting in Dick's office, not even tied up. Dick shows off his pretty new handgun he just bought and talks about humanity and how he's using Bobby as bait for the boys. Bobby's like, they're not going to come. Right on cue, Dean and Sam are bursting in and spraying Leviathan with cleaner. Dick heads out to see what's up, and Bobby grabs his folders and gun. There's a fight scene. Dean and Sam get to their vehicle. Bobby runs in after them, and Dick shoots at them as he gets the door closed. Phew! Sam holds Bobby's hat back to him, but there's no response. And then he sees there's a bullet hole in the hat. Fuck! Fuck! The end. Uh, yeah. I think it's very funny that Bedlin hates glampers so much. I know, it's so funny. Like the, To be fair, glampers really, are pretty annoying. Yeah, I think it's like kind of silly. If you don't want to go camping, you probably just shouldn't go camping. Um, but the, the best bit in the cold open is that he's playing nature sounds in his headphones instead of just being in the yes. nature. Yes, it is good. It is funny. To be fair, he's playing ocean sounds, not forest sounds. It's it true. would be a lot funny if it were forest sounds. 
He's still listening to nature instead of listening, you listening know. to nature. <laughs> yeah. I think Dean would love glamping, actually, because apparently he fucking hates roughing it. Literally, he's True. such a baby. He's such a baby. He's having such a bad okay. time. I mean, the to showers be fair, are cold, to be guys. Fair, to be fair, they have been, this, this cabin does suck. Yeah, yeah I would also off. be bitching a lot if, if I had to take cold showers, but also, I don't really like camping all that much. They can't even have fire. Yeah, and exacerbating his, their beans. his complaints about, you know, literally the minutia of this sucky little daily life is that it's they, they still have to save the fucking world. They already did that twice. Yep. He's so tired of it. So he's His miserable. life sucks. The I problem is, is they're not adequately life. prepared. They need to go buy one of those like little like like tiny camper like portable stoves that you can like heat up a thing of ramen on or something. Yeah. At the very least, they can have warm food. A single burner. Well, there's a fireplace yeah, in the house. Yeah, but you can't cook unless you have like a a, a, a hot mechanism. Yeah, like you you can't cook soup on a on a fireplace unless you have like a thing to hold the soup pot, and presumably they don't got that. Fair. That this would be solved by acquiring some material, but instead they are they are being men and suffering in in silence and spite. <laughs> He's not suffering in silence. Yes. <laughs> well, that's why I, that's the spite part. You suffer in silence until it all boils over and becomes spite. Um. Yeah. Dean is projecting his. Uh suicidal ideation onto the entire world literally he's like what if the world wants to go over the cliff dean get help dean yeah yeah so he's like yeah he, he they they have this conversation and they like, complain about i can't they're eating cold hot pockets just Ugh. go Ugh. like Ugh. buy it buy it like i don't know whatever it's fine um but yeah dean's like uh, we're we're on our third. The world is world screwed issue in what three years? We stood the bus away from the cliff twice already. Uh, and then yeah, Dean's like, what if the bus wants to go over the cliff? I do think I'm not fully sure because because Dean says I think that if we didn't take away the world's belt and all its pens, the, the whole enchilada would have offed itself already, <laughs> which is dark. But like I understand the metaphor from his mm -hmm. point of view, not only because uh you know he's had. He's he's gone through stuff emotionally, as you said, but also like it is true that like it seems the world is just uh, uh just keeps trying. Bad things just keep happening. He's like, I'm so tired of living in a narrative. Yeah, true. Tyranny of narrative. Mm -hmm. Thinking about Homestuck. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> That's what Homestuck's about. I mean, I guess Homestuck is about narrative. Yeah, yeah about, believe it or not, a... Homestuck has a plot, and it's actually deeply, uh, meta-narratively, uh, philosophical. Uh, oh, I mean, fine, kind of. <laughs> Homestuck is about the fact that you can't trust authors. That that's what I would say the primary thematic, uh, uh, point that it's trying to make is. Interesting. The point where it makes it like six times. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, Jersey Devil. Um. I guess we could do a folklore corner, even though the Jersey Devil corner, isn't please. actually in this episode. I was literally thinking about a folklore corner when I was watching this episode. Yeah. Um, Tell us about so, the Jersey Devil. So the Jersey Devil is not a monster. <laughs> this is kind of a joke, but the Jersey Devil is a um like a like a mutant baby, like a cursed child. 
Um, it's the like thirteenth. It's I I think there are stories like this before because there's seven son of a seven son and that's lucky. But the thirteenth child is unlucky. So have, have seven kids children. and then stop. What? I said yeah. You have seven children. You have thirteen children. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's a the basically um there's this woman who had twelve kids. Um, and she, like, was, was tired of having kids, and so she cursed the, her child, uh, and then, uh, what's interesting is, I believe the kid is, like, born normal, um, and, but then, like, mutates over time, uh, the Jersey Devil is, I mean, you can look it up, there's lots of, like, fun drawings of it, it's, like, goat head, bat wings, like, horse legs, so some real, real mutations uh there but like you know it goes around terrorizing people it's one of the um i'd say like earliest um cryptids uh in the minds of uh north american colonists um it's it, it which it has the interesting thing of like a lot of um a lot of cryptids are a particularly like colonial uh uh thing because like most places have their own like local folklore and like those are just creatures but cryptids have a certain degree of like uh new worldism like around them um mm -hmm. and there's something about like i don't know like coming to this new place the jersey devil being tied up in themes around like production like having lots of kids because you're trying to colonize this place and like the dark side of that there's like interesting folklore stuff going on there. Um but, how does uh, that yeah. new worldism of cryptids and cryptozoology, like how does that relate to Nessie? Uh that is a good point. I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's um not universal. Just it's it's a probably. it's hundred percent, but like there's a, like a lot of uh, like, you know, stuff like Bigfoot. Yeah. Being like, fair. oh, there's there's still things to discover in the wild world of, of North America. Night crawlers. And I do think Nessie's new, right? Like Nessie's a newer story. So there, there is something about like the colonial imaginary, uh, like uh, enforcing itself on the world, even places that have like, even in places where like colonialism did not occur, or did not occur in the same way. Let's anyway, see. the movement of colonialism. Um, I'm looking to see when. Uh, oh, yeah, looks like the Loch Ness Monster legend started to grow primarily in 1933 and onwards. Yeah, that, that tracks mm -hmm. for me. Um, but it does the reports of like monsters inhabiting Loch Ness... Scottish folklore. So I guess it's... Mm. Yeah. Folklore got adapted into a cryptid. Yeah, mm -hmm. the, yeah, there's been like reports of sightings for since ancient times, according to Britannica.com. Um Local storm car stone carvings by the Pict depict a mysterious beast with flippers. Sick. Um, the first written account appears in the biography of St. Columba from 565 AD. Hell yeah, okay. So it's kind um, of both. Um, yeah, I, a, lot of, a lot of, like, especially um, earlier, uh, like, pre-contemporary like, conspir pre conspiracy theory cryptids, it's like... Uh, it emerges from the fears of like being in a quote unquote like foreign land, uh, like the people of uh, where uh, pine pine barrens was around the like, whatever people in South Jersey like seeing things in the woods and like 
seeing monsters because this is a new place that they don't understand, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, fun fact, Napoleon's older brother was uh, so <laughs> apparently claimed to have seen the Jersey Devil. Sick. Fascinating. Anyway, yeah, we can move on now because there is no Jersey Devil in this episode. What I want to know is why is Gerald hanging up his prey before eating it? Uh, it's just a fun little game. It's in a sleeping Fair bag. Enough. You may as well. It's like a pinata for him. Nope. I'd say like, it's more hee. like a like a candy. Hee hee hoo hoo. This will be so funny when people see it. <laughs> I love how in the like broken adrenal gland cannibal brain, he's thinking about mischief. <laughs> I mean, there's the there's the like predatorial angle of like dragging your prey up into a tree or like a high place so other creatures can't get to it. Like, um uh what cat does that? Cougars, maybe. Well, and it's not necessarily going up into a high place, because we see that with all the other bodies. It's specifically the guy in the sleeping bag that he hangs upside down. Yes. For long enough that he is... wakes up because maybe the he blood was busy. Is to rush maybe he was busy head. eating the wife, and then he gets to him, so he's just starving maybe. him. Maybe. Maybe. I wasn't anyway. sure. If the, did the did the wife actually die? I don't know. He's um... screaming for her, but I don't think we hear like any eating noises before that, so maybe not. I don't remember if them like newspapers or anything mentioned. Hmm. Uh, I uh, by the way, I, I like I know we talked about this before. I know the show needs to write itself as if like no one watching it has ever heard of any folklore thing ever. Um mm-hmm. but it is funny that the boys don't know about the Jersey Devil. <laughs> right, every time they're like what's this incredibly common yeah cryptid Dean's Never like, heard of like it. it should be Back fighting in a season Japanese one, robot. when they were like, "Oh, you know what a ghost is, right?" You think when they've been doing this for twenty years? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can't find anything about the the wife, so they they just forget about her, I guess. Um, or maybe okay. she's the one that filed the report. I don't know. Anyway, um, uh, the this website that they go to is funny to me. Um, it's like. There's like a, or I guess this website that he printed it out from, but it's called Open Open Minds Deeper Knowledge, <laughs> and it has like a members login. And for some reason, okay, so Sam's uh, username is Quester. I love how he has a login on this crypto. Yeah, well, well I love that it. you have to log in. Like, I guess for the forum, maybe there's a forum. Maybe he just made the login so that he could check it out. Yeah. See, but back in the old days of the internet. You didn't always have to, I mean, for comment sections, you didn't always have to have a, an account. You just had to put your email in. Yep. I just think, it's, I think it's funny. I like to think that Sam has a, a member. He gets all the newsletters. Uh-huh, yeah, he's, he signed up to a lot of listservs. He gets emails about aliens from six different tabloids. Yeah, and he just sends those to the spam folder, but every time there's like a something that could be like a vampire attack, he's like, okay, better research this. I, I know we talked about this before, that this has to be the libertarian dream, and thus hunters, like, can't communicate with each other, except through, like, occasionally the, like, paternal librarian figure of Bobby that, like, everyone interfaces with, because uh, everyone's got a dad. You can go talk to your dad about how to fix a motorbike, that's fine, but you can't talk to anyone else about it. Uh <laughs> I just, but I would love an alternate universe where there's a, like, hunter IRC chat that, like, Sam logs into to talk to his hunter buds about monster fighting solutions. 
God. Oh my Can you God, imagine yeah. if they actually talk to each other about things? Yeah. They could propagate the knowledge that you can kill the Leviathans with soap. Not that we've seen another hunter since last season, but... Well, we saw Garth. Oh, it's true. It's true. It's true. We've seen Garth. Never mind. Never mind. Bobby probably has. Also, the soap doesn't kill the Leviathan. It just burns them. You have to melt them with the soap and then behead them and then bury the head far away from the body. So it only mostly kills them. It hurts them. It's It's their weakness. You can use it to kill them. Yeah, it um, stops them, at least. Anyway, this is a Bedland episode, which means there's funny lines in here. Uh, yeah. I like Dean's. When was the last time you saw Bear string up its own pinata? He's so silly. <laughs> He's so funny. Um, the the picture of the Jersey Devil that Sam shows them says underneath that artist interpretation, which is so funny. I didn't think it was a photograph. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, it's just so funny. Gotta be thorough. Yeah. Um, it's called journalistic integrity. Speaking of uh, Ben Edlund, we then proceed to meet two of the weirdest guys. I love weird guys. Yeah. So they got a bit, they got a bigger sense. Th- this Biggerson's must be the only restaurant in town besides like the family owned Chinese yeah. restaurant and like the mob owned pizza place. <laughs> You think there's a mob in in where's my okay my my friend lives in buttfuck nowhere Illinois and and one of the so my friend lives in buttfuck nowhere Illinois um (laughs) I'm not gonna say exactly where but uh uh, there's a like a pizza place or an Italian restaurant or something that was dead ass owned by the mob all right in this in this town of like I don't know probably like a thousand people looking at looking at this. I don't think it says the town, but there's this is the Wharton State Forest area, and there's a bunch of little towns around it. There's Hamilton, there's Batstow, and Atzian. Yeah, also I totally Chatsworth. believe that this is the only, like, chain restaurant in this town. Wait. That's just what America's there's, like. There's a place called Egg Harbor City that does not appear to be anywhere near an actual harbor. Is it a city? Um, I mean, what is a there? city? It is a population of it is a population of four thousand three four thousand four hundred people. That is not a city. <laughs> That's a village. <laughs> yeah. Spokane is barely a city, and there's like what two hundred thousand people here. As a New York City person, I don't have the right to weigh in on what makes a city. No, you're you're block you like you within a like one mile radius of you is more people than there are in my entire in my entire county, which is not just Spokane. But all the little fucking bits out there in the boonies. Anyway, so yeah, this is this is the this is buff fucking nowhere. Yeah. Um and I I believe that this is the only chain restaurant, and that's where why everyone goes there. Yeah. So It is very funny to me that their entire plan apparently rests on like everyone eating at Bakerson's. Did you get it a kosher certification? Did you get it a halal certification? Like, I can think of some groups of people you're forgetting about who aren't going to eat there. <laughs> is the is there also Grey Goo in the vegetarian options, or is it just the TDK Slammer? Like, no, it's just the TDK Slammer because Sam and Bobby are eating salads. Exactly. Yeah. Literally, you're and the salad. Bobby's so salad even, have, even has chicken in it. I could see them basically doing this as a pilot program that yeah, allows them to like get a decent chunk of a population and then they can begin expanding further once they take control over more like 
lines of supply. That's fair. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's part of their plan. It's not their whole plan. Don't worry, Emma. You're safe from the gate. The gray one. goo. <laughs> yeah. On that note, though, I like, am also there is safe something from the gray goo because I would never insidious. eat a turducken sandwich. Yeah, you're just like Bobby for real. Um, literally. There, there is something obviously like insidious and fat phobic about the treatment of fast food as literally just making Americans like cows. There's a bit like a mu- yes. musical sting when the family is like sitting next to their dead grandma and it's playing some overture to like call to cows or something like that. And it's like, it's not yeah. funny. Like you're just, those are just people eating. Oh, they're like, chewing. I... Oh, they're staring at the TV. Yeah. That's how people watch TV. Sorry, like I they're get not it. having the enough conversation that... for you. Like it is factually true in universe, but it's not good outside of you, the universe, you know? Yeah, like obviously the point is that the Leviathan are purposely turning people into complacent cattle. But <laughs> just because you slap the Leviathan over it does not and and obviously they're trying to say something about American consumerism and and um obesity because this is in the middle of the uh quote-unquote obesity crisis um and so like yeah this this political commentary that they're doing is fat phobic in its base yeah it's it's i'm of two minds about it because on one hand like fast food companies are deeply insidious and the fact that you can have a hamburger for like a buck but like you can't actually like no one can the the problem the the like nutritional issues in the world come from the fact that like our food market is like a absolute mess and no one can buy like thing like it's it's cheaper to buy this like hamburger than literally anything else and like also it's fine to eat hamburgers sometimes but also don't just eat hamburgers that's that's like you, you gotta have a variety of food um and so it's like yes it is like deeply messed up that like uh you know, it's it's a whole it's a nightmare. Like the the fact that it's a turducken in and of itself, a like absolute nightmare piece of food that is a crime yeah. against nature. Um, some refers, of it works. Bobby for me. refers to it as playing God, which is funny. Yeah, it it was yeah. very funny. Yeah, like there's yeah. two things going on here, which is that the meat industry is a nightmare and the diet industry yeah. is a nightmare. Yeah. Mhm. And it's like the fact that they can so easily take control of this entire line as well as the 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 shipment lines that give the meat to the bigger sins is is saying a lot about how you know the entire food web of the the western world is controlled by like three companies yeah, yeah so like the dick systemic... is just nestle yeah the systemic stuff i like here is good in terms mm-hmm. of like they would not be able to do this nefarious plan if our if like the food industry wasn't already like an absolute nightmare. Mm-hmm. The but... the critique though is like it's less towards the systemic and more towards yes. like this succeeds because Americans are fat and like cheeseburgers. And that's that's first of yes. all, <laughs> you're victim blaming the the people who are eating the gray goo. Second of all. <laughs> You're you're pointing you're you're pointing the gun at the wrong wrong person. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say this is absolutely in conversations with like uh, stuff like Silent Green or They Live and stuff like that, where there's like the the uh, science fiction metaphor 
is the like talking about uh, is like looking at society and being like oh this thing is hurting people and so we're going to uh exaggerate its effects but when you're playing in the realm of metaphor you can often like accidentally or on purpose or like not even really thinking about it end up like being hurtful yeah. like i think and a lot of this is during the obama era this is like only a couple years after the whole like oh cookie monster is going to become veggie monster situation um in 2011 congress uh, did something that like made pizza qualify as a vegetable for public school lunches like this is a hot topic at the time of this episode mm -hmm. yeah i remember very specifically what is this 2012 um, um i think we're still in 2011 but we're getting okay yeah close. so very specifically yeah, around this time i was in middle school and when i was in middle school they replaced the donuts uh in the cafeteria with these like whole grain maple bars and everyone was like oh this is michelle obama's fault like i remember <laughs> yeah. this happening we're now within the realm of my memory <laughs> But yeah, it's the same type of stuff as like Wally, where it's like, yeah, the social yes. commentary part. Yes, Wally's like, a good pull the here. System, yeah, towards the system is good, but you're also using fat people as a as a joke and as like the you're basically turning them into a freak show. Oh, That's also cool. worth mentioning. Sorry, um, while I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, the ketchup as a vegetable thing started with Reagan. Incredible, Reagan. There's a thing here, I guess, where, like, um, we see a variety of people, I guess. Like, not, there's not, we don't, they're not, like, parading out, like, quote-unquote grotesqueries, you know? Like, they're not framing mm -hmm. these people as, like, uh, the way that Wally does, where it's like, what if everyone was huge and that was, and, like, couldn't yeah. move around and, oh, no. Like, like these are just normal people. Yeah. Most of them are, like, of a certain body type. And of course, when when Dick shows up to the factory, like that that part is like, but also it's supposed to be horrifying, so it's weird. I don't know. Um, so yeah, so like it's less exaggerated than Wally is. Like, no, the fatness is less of the focus, but it's still there. It's still in conversation with the quote unquote obesity crisis. Yeah, yeah. no, so absolutely, like, it's, absolutely. Like it's still there. The horror is mostly like that someone would do this to you on purpose. Um, whereas like it's the, the comment is more like, this is how people are. Wouldn't it be scary if it was malicious? Mm. Yeah. Wouldn't it be scary if people could just poison you? Yeah. I don't know. That yeah. does sound pretty scary. I mean, yeah, the, the horror like, is like, also like the way that black mirror does it sometimes and not in like a good yes. way where it's like, Oh, you know, people are doing these, this and this thing or having this and this done to them because they're always on their phones. And it's like, don't you get it? People are always on yeah. their phones in real life. And it's like, well, okay, but what's wrong with being on your phone? And like, okay, there are real problems with that. I'm not, <laughs> we're getting off the, top, the point I'm trying to make here, which is like people having dinner in front of the TV with their family. Like that's not yeah. inherently a bad thing. Having fast food yeah. is not Eating a bad fast thing. Food. Having fast food every now and then is not going to poison you. But what if it did? Yeah. Um, what I I think the part of this that is effective horror for me is um the bit where the half eaten sandwich is on the plate and starts like leaking the horrible goo. Mm -hmm. Like the angle of like, what did I just put inside me? Um for me personally, I don't eat fast food very often because when I eat like a McDonald's burger, I feel legitimately like sick to my stomach. Like my that my stomach cannot handle it. 
And so it's like there, there, there is like a horror angle with food of like, what is this doing to me? What did I just eat exactly? And why do I feel like this after eating it? Mm -hmm. I think also with the family in front of the TV, something that adds to the horror is they're watching either a, um, either like a retinal detachment surgery or yes. uh yeah they're they're it's, i don't think it's no, cataracts it's, but it's an yeah. i think it might be an enucleation surgery yeah they're watching eye horror while eating food yeah yeah and they're just chill about it which is the spooky because yeah they're just yeah they're hypnotizing yeah um and also they don't notice that they're that grandma has died like no. there are good aspects of this like hypnotic horror but also you know all media takes place within the, yep. the paradigm of the real world. Yep. Uh, the best part of it, though, is it makes you into a weird little freak. It <laughs> does talk, make you into a weird little let's freak. Let's talk about Rick. Rick and... Wait, is the, the waiter gets a name, right? What was Brandon. his name? Brandon. Brandon, yes. Let's talk about Rick and Brandon. <laughs> um, so so Rick's whole... stoned. <laughs> yeah, the Rick's, Rick's whole bit is that he's like... He he has no seriousness for anything. It's like ah yeah, the human burrito. Yeah. Um. He's like, tell you the truth, we have no idea what's out there. Big, lots of trees and whatnot. Yeah, my notes for Rick just say what a guy because I knew why it would elaborate. Uh huh. Literally so true. He is such a great. He is so guy. It's like come to think of it, I haven't seen Phil in a couple of days. He's supposed to call from whatever station he's checking off. Sam's like, you think he might be missing? He's like, I should probably report that. Yeah. He's yeah, later so... when they find Phil's body, he's like, I should probably call this in. Yeah, he's just so, like, merry, like, nothing bothers him. And, and the, he's it's mellowed a... the fuck out. I think this horror angle is more effective than, like, mm -hmm. the, uh, the, like, oh, the, didn't notice grandma die everyone obsessed with food the the angle of like what if you ate a thing that changed you um in in like ways that are more subtle i think is is fun this guy ate an edible and did not know it what if you got what if you like got high but were stuck that way forever yeah what if you accidentally ate an edible and were just high and stupid for the rest of your life forever um so yeah, it's like at the at the time, it's just like oh, what the what's this, what, what a funny guy, and then later you're like oh, actually that's scary. What's happening to him? Yeah, yeah, and he never uh, gets to go back then, to normal because he's dead. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then we meet another funny guy who who is who is reacting in a very different way. Yeah, he is not mellowed the fuck out. Nope. <laughs> I think, I think what. What it is is like the mellowing is the correct effect, and the anger issues is the sign of going yeah. into. Yeah, yeah this he's, is, he's going to become like, a well, his meat adrenal freak. glands are in middle of swelling yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, hey, douchewa, uh, a hostess will seat you. Do I look like a freaking hostess? Dean says, Do you want to look like a hostess? And so I was like, That didn't really make sense. <laughs> he knows he's that. He's such a little brother. Food service. Um, I was like, I hope we don't get him, and then they do. It's like Sidewinder Soup and Salad goes to Big Salad Combo goes to Big Bird, TDK Slammer to Ken Doll, and a little Heart Smart for Creepy Uncle. So mean. Uh, Heart Smart was another like good joke. I thought of the the like uh, McDonald's um, apple slices thing, or like other fast food places trying to. Um, in response to everything we were just talking about, trying to like be like, oh, we have healthy options too, though. I feel like Biggerson's is like 
a mix between a McDonald's and a Denny's. Yes. Like they probably yeah. have drive throughs but it's also yeah, like a sit Yeah, Death down gives American me family restaurant. restaurant vibes. Yeah. Big Denny's energy. Like Denny's, Applebee's. Mm -hmm. I love Which never they have having gone to there. any of these they places. They have salads at Applebee's. Yeah. What was that, Emma? I said I love never having gone to any of these places. I think You're I've missing been to out like... on a, a crucial Americana. Yeah. I've never been to I've a been Denny's. I've been to Waffle House, but I've never eaten there because I'm sorry, sorry. bathroom on road trips. Oh, I love Waffle House. I've never been to um, Applebee's. I've been to Denny's once. I think it was like two in the morning on like a Disneyland trip, like somewhere in California. Oh like I right can't remember it. if it was on the way back or like, but yeah, it was like the my, only place open. My, it literally is. We when the local restaurant by the high school I went to closed down, we used to go to the Denny's which at the time was the only Denny's, and it was out by the airport, so it was like a half-hour drive. Incredible. Uh, for our cast party, uh, our Sherry's. Friday night cast party. What? Yeah, when Sherry's closed down, we went to Denny's. You weren't listening. <laughs> yes, we did. We went to the Denny's out in Airway Heights. No. Well, okay, half of us went to... Okay, some people went to IHOP, some people went to Denny's, and some people went to the other Sherry's in town. Anyway, but it's open all the time, and... Ever since then, every time I've gone to Denny's, I've gotten sick. Don't trust Denny's. It's <laughs> point here. I have been to Applebee's as well. I did not get sick going to Applebee's. Um. Anyway, this is where we get the the Bobby line. A bunch of birds shoved up inside each other. Shouldn't play God like that, which is it's very funny. I cannot imagine. Like, I don't even like chicken or turkey all that much and i have not had enough duck to like really say but i don't want all three of those things oh yeah once. just thinking about it makes my stomach royal yeah it yeah <laughs> i've had shawarma with mixed Horrible. kinds of meat so i think i would like it and all of those See, birds but, are I mean, you can mix you, you can mix meat my like the the amount you're biting into all at once is more mm -hmm. the thing that's like yeah mm. if it's like little pieces of chicken and duck and turkey all in like a wrap or something well like it's that, a burger yeah. he's not like eating the bird no but but here's the thing but okay first of all how do you make a turducken burger I don't understand it but I'm willing to believe that because they did the whole it. point of a turducken is the chicken is shoved inside of the duck I... which is shoved inside of the turkey. I assume you do vertical slice, like, patties, right? Well, patties are made of ground meat, though. Well, uh, quote-unquote patties. You know, like the... the Discs. The, 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 yeah, thank you. The disc of meat. But you'd have it to, sounds... like... I think it would just be three attached blended. Attach them. Yeah, it's probably... Ugh, that's even worse. Ugh. I would eat it. That actually bothers me less. That bothers me more! At least it would be a consistent Ooh. texture. I, like, I guess so, but... Ugh. Hello, listeners. Weigh in with your turducken thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sam Who mentions the that he generally tips waiters 18%. Good job. So true, King. It's not his money. He can do whatever he wants. It's true. Mm. My next note is that Bobby used to take the kids hunting. Wow. I mean, yeah. I don't like the libertarian bobby hunting situation because he's not doing it like for survival or whatever i just generally no. don't like hunting although i understand there are different approaches to it but i like bobby hanging out with the kids and mm -hmm. they refuse to shoot deer and he's like dean's like that's bambi he's like you don't shoot bambi you shoot bambi's mother you shoot bambi's mother that was good <laughs> Which is so really true it's so good bobby, no and he's got such a smug little look about it too it's so good yeah um my next note is just zombie. 
Yeah, they find Phil. Um, yeah. They call Rick in. Rick gets taken. Dean goes, oh, yeah. I liked Rick. And they both give him a look for that. I feel like Dean is not even acting that out of character this episode yet. He's just being a little weird guy. He's always a weird little guy. Yeah, this is um, just how he is. Those looks they gave him, that was homophobic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do like when Bobby's like, Ranger, I think we've got company. He's like, yeah, who's that? And then he just like, whoosh, bandit, like gets grabbed. <laughs> yeah. Who's that? Mm-hmm. He was so excited to have company. Yeah. I, I also love how... Um, Dean says, oh, I think we found Phil. And then when Rick gets there, he says, oh, I think we found Phil. And Dean turns around and says, that's exactly what I said. Yeah. Drift compatible. <laughs> um, but yeah, Bobby just gig- makes the shot. In the dark. God, he would have been great to have around on one, two. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we got this little freak. Yeah. This monster design is fantastic. I love it so much. Like, we've got an actual... We've got an actual freak in makeup and not just, like, mm-hmm. a normal guy or, like, a CGI thing. Like His head's his, a little swollen. His, like, jacked-up head. Yeah, his, like, huge eyes. Yeah, his eyes are bulging out of his skull. He's, like, got this gray, sickly skin. Oh, he looks so great. He looks like a fish. <laughs> yes! Oh, my God, like he looks like a fish person. He's got, like, dead fish eyes. Yes! And he's got this big hunk of meat he was in the middle of eating. Like, yeah, it's a really it's good, like, like monster Phil's tableau. Arm, I think. Uh, when he gets arm. back yeah. up. Sorry, what was that? He's holding Rick's arm. Rick's arm. Yeah. Yeah, but it is, like, unrec- it is almost, like, unrecognizable as an arm. It has been reduced to meat. It's, like, got bite marks all over it. It's, like, just a red, wet lump. Yeah, you only see it because they focus on the hand, which has yet to be drawn. Yeah. yeah. It's great. It's great. I love it when Supernatural has actual, like... When the guys are monsters. Yeah. Rather than when the monsters are guys. Yeah. 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 And this is like a fun take on the zombie too, where it's like mm-hmm. somewhere between a zombie and a vampire and a werewolf and just all the, th- all the like compelling things I find about monsters. Like what if you were turned into something that like mm-hmm. you could suddenly no longer control yourself? Like the, the massive adrenal gland, like horrible black lump inside of him. Oh, There's some oh, really so good nasty. body horror with this autopsy scene. I don't know. This oh, is the yeah. most effective like uh, uh, horror stuff. Not like in a genuinely scary way, but in like, oh, that's jacked up. Makes me think yeah. about things way yeah, that the show has like done in a while. Mm-hmm. They do this autopsy by firelight and inside, let's see, they find like bits, a cat skull, a cat head, some gum, a pack of gum that is still in the wrapper, uh, and a pine cone. And yeah, the pine cone was great. And part of a yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah the adrenal gland. Uh, t- I think Bobby says I'm no Doctor Phil, but I don't think that's right. Yeah. <laughs> he says it's supposed to be about the size of a hotel bar of soap and bright orange. It is not and that size, like, yeah. and it's black it, and gooey. It's like a giant, yes. like piece of like coal sludge or something. Yeah, it looks like a rock. A rock that has been dipped in goop. A rock that's, like, kind of melting. Yeah. Uh, the cat skull is also a really good little prop, because it's also just, like, covered in, like, black slime. Yeah, it's nasty. And <laughs> Bo- what does Bobby say? He says, uh, you gotta be pretty hungry to eat a cat eat skull. Eat a cat skull, yeah. Lampers are one thing, but you gotta be pretty hungry to eat a cat's head. Dean is just dicking around in the background while Sam and Bobby do this. And he's like, guys, he, I'm hungry. There's a bit where he like looks at his watch uh-huh. and like counts on his fingers. <laughs> I think he's counting how long it's Jensen been since he acts ate. like a dumbass in the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, in the background. Yeah, meanwhile, like, Bobby and Sam are like holding back vomit and 
Dean's like, God, this is making me hungry. Yeah, that was effective. It's like, oh, something's happening with Dean. Uh-oh. Yeah, something's wrong with Dean. Like, Dean's not exactly squeamish, but he's not exactly not squeamish. Yep. He, when, when Sam put the bag of chicken feet on the table, he stopped eating his pie. Yeah. Good evidence. Um... Also, it's like he's like, I'm not worried about it. I could give two shakes of a rat's ass. Is that right? Do rats shake their ass, or is it something else? All the while, his mouth is full. Yeah. He talks the about his mouth full so often. Yeah, yeah, simplification tag. Literally so true. I love him so much. You're stupid. I like that in a man. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we get this again. More like effective practical effects. Like the the goo coming out of the sandwich is real gross. Yeah, it, it looks really good. Dean's like, that's in me? And Sam goes, well, only half of it. <laughs> <laughs> Before the sandwich starts leaking, he goes, my sandwich didn't do anything. This is stupid. And then it starts leaking. He goes, I think you pissed off my sandwich. <laughs> yeah. And Dean's like, if I weren't so chilled out right now, I would vomit. <laughs> I love you, King. Yeah. Um, he is so chilled out that he doesn't even care about Cass or Black Goo. Interesting juxtaposition. Okay. Nope. When you're too dissociated to be suicidal. <laughs> so yeah, that was a good segue. Let's talk about this conversation while Dean's passed out. Oh wait, Sam hold on a second. Like, right before Dean, oh. uh, before that, um, Sam's like, "Yeah, it's currently turning Dean into an idiot." He's like, "I'm right here, right here." <laughs> <laughs> he's so, <laughs> he's so indignant. He is. He's driving in the car, and he's like, uh, ever since my head broke and we lost Cass, you ever feel like he's going through the same motions, but he's not the same Dean? Wow. I think he hasn't been the same Dean since he went to hell, Sam. Yeah. Your brother is gone. <laughs> they yeah, do we believe that? Way. Oh, I think he's just been permanently changed by all of the trauma that he's going through, and he is continually being changed. But I think hell was like, hell broke him in a way, and now everything is just piling on top. Like, his life sucked before that, but now it's like... Yeah, his before life it was like his life sucked hell. as a hunter, and now for the past, mm -hmm. like, four years, he's had to be saving the world, which is different. Yeah, and also he went to hell. Like, he's not had a very good past couple of years. So, like, I think he is completely, like, changed from the Dean we met in season one, but in the way that trauma changes people. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I'm just thinking about it, because, like, baseline him is still the same... Yeah, yeah. But he's still like the same core personality. I think his philosophy I, has changed completely. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, I, I, his I do, to life. I do think he definitely wasn't as like fatalistic yeah. in the earlier seasons. Yeah, his his outlook before was like, yeah, shit's fucked, but you know, we got to save as many people as we can. And now he's like, shit's fucked. Let's die about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, before he always had, like, oh, let's find Dad, let's take care of Sam. Those were, like, his guiding principles. And now it's like, I've died yeah. so many times. Sam has died. Dad is dead. Like, what am I even still doing? What's my purpose? Cast is Save dead. Also again? All I did his... that, and it didn't work. And I did that, and it didn't work. And now I have yeah. to do it again, and it's not going to work. He's so tired. And so, and many is dead. Of, so many of those, like, principles or, like, guiding lines he's held on to have been destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's worked under the same like general principles for, you know, 26 years and now and which was the like the entire basis around which he like created his identity and now that has been destroyed so his sense of self is destabilized and his I also sense of, like 
his sense of purpose. I also have like a thesis, to like or like a point, or like a like a suggestion here. I part of me feels like the going to hell and coming back may have like still had a big effect of on him, but part of me thinks that attempting to live with Lisa and and like attempting to live with Lisa and like that failing may have had an even bigger effect because he always had that potential dream and then he lived the dream and it didn't work yeah and just like everything else did not help yeah he he ruined it his life you know poisoned the only good thing he had and he ended up ruining their lives at least in his mind so yeah i think you're definitely right of like he can handle his own suffering more or less um he just you know drinks copiously and but like now there's nothing to hope for like he knows that he is going to die like this miserable and the world is probably going to end mm-hmm. and he knows that he could never have done anything else or at least he thinks he knows and he kind of knew that before too in that like earlier seasons of dean was still like mm-hmm. yeah we're, we're hunters like i don't imagine myself like dying of old age but he still mm-hmm. did still have that dream that he could like have like comfort himself with anyway and yeah he probably he never thought he was going worked. to get but yeah he barely recognized that he wanted that and then he died and went to hell and then he actually was able to have that and was able to realize that that is secretly what he has always wanted and now he can't have it so it's like it's a, it's even worse than like not knowing he wanted it at all yeah. and just being like regular miserable. <laughs> now he's like new game Turbo plus miserable. miserable. And then Sam says something interesting here about his own. He's mental like, health, right? Yeah. Well, he, Bobby says all he does is worry about worry about you. Who's left to live their own life here? The two of you aren't you full up just playing snuffle up against with the devil all the live long? And Sam says, I don't know. Seeing Lucifer's fine. I'm not saying it's fun. But at least my crazy's all under one umbrella, you know? I kind of know what I'm dealing with. A lot of people got it worse. Sam's repression looks different from Dean's repression because Sam is like, no, no, I am a paragon of mental health. I know exactly how to deal with with my feelings, and that is saying that I'm dealing with them. Yeah. And taking care of other people's instead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting thought of like... Dean is like, I don't have feelings, and Sam is like, my feelings are okay. It's making me... Sorry. I, I was just going to say, it's making me think about, like, diagnoses, you know, of, like, mm-hmm. naming something and, like, knowing something about it, giving you more, like, power over it or taking some of mm-hmm. its, like, uh, uh, taking some of the confusion around it away. Mm-hmm. The I'm not alone, I'm not broken type of thing. And I think, like, when you... F- <laughs> When you find the one coping mechanism that works, even if it's not a particularly healthy coping mechanism, but it, it helps, and you cling to that, that's what Sam is doing. Yeah, during He's this like, conversation, just... in the middle of this line, he presses his hand again. Yeah. Um, he, he knows what's going on with him. He's having hallucinations of Lucifer in the cage. He knows how to stop it by self-harming and, and feeling the pain of the real world and making Lucifer yeah. disappear. He's not actually, like, dealing with it. He is just coping in an unhealthy way. Yeah, and because he's not dealing with it, it kind of begs the question of, like, what his long-term plan is. Because he's just planning on 
shoving his hand for the rest of his life like does he hope that this is going to go away go away by itself when he adjusts to being back in the real world with his real memories like or is he just kind of not expecting to live long enough for it to matter like where's the where's the end goal here sam yeah i guess we'll find out mm. oh boys um my next note is on the dr gaines and edgar scene um, my next note is just when when they get brandon i recognized edward by his boots <laughs> um there's a, there's an interesting thing here before that where like they they find the like big warehouse thing and um was it no it's sam that says like that's weird right i mean national franchise like biggerson's getting meat from place that looks like it wholesales hong kong knockoffs and i'm like i guess i don't know that's not surprising that's to me with the meat industry like. being what it is yeah, that's just what manufacturing plants look like. Yeah, like it's a giant, scary building. Yeah, it's a giant, white, square building. I'd imagine them killing cows in there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, then we get the Brandon scene, and then, yeah, we see uh, Edgar and Dr. Gaines. Yeah, you I just say think it's that, interesting Emma? that Dr. Gaines seems to be, like, a relative good guy for Leviathans, where he's, like, genuinely invested in his experiment and whatever, and then Edgar... And, I mean, like, I'll defend myself in a minute. And then Edgar's like, burn the, burn it. And he's like, but they, they represent test data. But he does, in fact, burn it because he is also scared of Dick. <laughs> With good yeah. reason. He's a, he's a mad scientist. He's not as into the plan as he is into his experiments. Yeah, but there's just, like, there's an interesting thread here about, like, the ethics of scientists in industry where, like... Yes. He doesn't want to compromise his experiment, but he's willing to go along with what his boss says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that tracks for me. Yeah, and, like, when you work in a, you know, late-stage capitalist environment like that, any ethical grounds that you might have, you're forced to leave them behind because they are incompatible with the job that you do. So even if he, like, even if you are a researcher who is trying to figure out, like, better ways to, you know, feed cows to, you know, eventually mm -hmm. make them into meat like whatever whatever you know altruistic uh goals you might have come secondary to making a profit for the company which is inherently non-altruistic because mm. it's capitalism um i so can I tell this is a good episode because we're talking about so many interesting like th thematic things yeah there's uh -huh. there, what's that quote um that's like they say happy pigs taste better um oh I mean, I've heard stuff like this about the the idea of like the argument of treating animals better so you okay, get a better well, product. Okay, well, I can't find the exact quote. Maybe I'll find it to link it. But it's something like they say happy pigs taste better, so I assume that they wait until the pig gets married and like at its happiest moment, it's shot in the head and vacuum packed. Um, which is like that sure is a quote. Not true. Um, but yeah, like the that's exactly what happened to Castiel. The, it, <laughs> stop! That's literally what the post was about. That I saw the quote in. Shut the fuck up. Oh, <laughs> uh, you two truly share the same brain cell. Deeply upsetting. Okay. <laughs> me and the Desticule, me and Emma, we are all one brain. I'm trying to find this. This feels like a Mitch Hedberg joke or something. It has that vibe to it. I also can't find it, though. So if you know who said that, let us know. Um... I think the next 
thing that happens is the the Dean Bobby combo. The the thing about hunters aren't people. Yeah. Hello. Hello. What the fuck? Yeah, yes. Hello. This conversation is wild. Yeah. And the crazy thing is it pokes at exactly what we were just talking about with Dean's yeah. failure with Lisa. Because Bobby's like, well, mm -hmm. you know, you tried to be a person and you failed at being a person because you're not a person. You're a hunter. You're a thing. You are what you do. Mm -hmm. I can't believe Bobby thinks this. Yeah. I, I think it's not out of character, but unexpected because we're used to Bobby being like the good father figure. But this is something Bobby yeah. probably believes about himself. And so he's passing on that intergenerational trauma to Dean. Yeah, mm -hmm. I sort of I want I want us to hold this in our minds when we talk about the next episode, because yeah. I'm curious whether we think Bobby changes his mind about this at the end, like based on the little like mental journey he goes through there, whether he still thinks that about himself. I, I want to hold hold that thought because mm -hmm. I think these two episodes are definitely in conversation with each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And not just in a plot like way. Yeah. So Bobby brings up how Dean is acting or speaking uh, suicidally. Um, he says, I've seen a lot of hunters live and die. You're starting to talk like one of the dead ones. And Dean's like, I'm talking the person, sorry, I'm talking the way, way a person talks when you, when they've had it and they can't figure out why they used to think all this mattered. Yeah, Dean, that's what he said. And Bobby says, you're not a person. Yeah. Um, you says, tried Thanks. to hang it up and be a person with Lisa you and Ben. Person. And now here you are, that ain't person behavior, son. L bringing son into this conversation makes me nuts. Yeah. He goes, you're a hunter, meaning you're whatever the job you're doing today. Um, and if you get suicidal, then something's going to kill you. You find your reasons to get back in the game. I've been to enough funerals. You die before me and I'll kill you. Oh, my God. Bobby, uh. your pep talks suck. <sighs> Dean says, Dean, and then Dean, of course, cannot, like, emotionally engage with this. Joke. He deflects and, yeah, as as he does, as we know he does. And he says, we need to scrape some money together, get you a condo or something. Yeah. But this feels like a thesis statement, like, from the show. Like, mm -hmm. This is how Bobby feels about what hunting is and, like, what people are. And we talk all the time about what people are and, like, the the way this show, like, depersonifies, de mm -hmm. like, monsters. And Bobby also thinking that hunters aren't people in the same way that monsters aren't people yeah. is really compelling to me, uh, mm -hmm. particularly around the idea of, like, Bobby's idea of a person is like the american dream right is is being a dad and having a kid and a wife and like working a job and like anyone that is like divergent from that like being in a van with a mean old coot full having guns and like fighting monsters it removes you from the idea of personhood which feels like it's talking about like society like in a in a in a non normative way, if you want to expand beyond that, it's like they are not mm -hmm. it, in a way that almost feels like it's critiquing the libertarian dream of this show. Like the reason for Bobby that they're not people is because they don't have like society or community mm -hmm. outside of like their own. Yeah, tiny there's this interesting suggestion of, like, that his father was people. a person. Next episode, based, you know, based on what we know about next episode. His father is a person. Bobby used to be a person, but he opted out of mm -hmm. being a person. Well, slash was forced to not become a person because of was... the entire thing Sorry. that we'll get to. Like, what happened with his wife? He used to be a person, but he couldn't be a person the right way, and then he was forced to not be a person anymore. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. The the part of why I want to hold this thought and like remember these words here, talk about them later, is like, was his father a person or was his father a monster? Exactly. Mm-hmm. But we'll we'll get to that and next episode. Mm-hmm. I think it also it, it this is reminding me of um, why what you said about how being a person is shaped by the people around you. Yes, yes. Which is, I think, exactly, like, the critique of the libertarian dream is, like, if you don't allow yourself to have connections, um, if you don't allow yourself to be part of a community, then you cannot be a person. And, like, hunters are their own, like, class of people. They have their own community. They have their own culture. Um, The culture is incredibly individualistic, so it is depersonalized in that way. Um, this was the um, the the um, we talked about this for for if you're listening to this and you want to go back and listen to that conversation. That was the um, uh, uh, monster in the walls episode, right? The the ghoul one. Family remains. Family remains. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. Thank you. I could not remember which ep- which of our episodes it was, um, but I did remember that I was listening to it at one point. So yeah, that's our family remains episode. Um, I think there's like the the idea that a, a person is someone connected to a community um, is making me think of like communal animals that like have supposed hive minds, which is complicated. But like this idea that like therefore a monster, like you social, is like a zombie ant, um, and then paralleling hunters mm. off of that, like they're also zombie ants. An ant that wanders off to kill the zombie ant is also not part of the hive. So interesting. Like, the like. greater normative community is the hive, and hunters are the aberrations. Yeah. The outsiders. Hunters and monsters yeah. are both hunters and monsters. expelled from that, or self-isolating from that. That's interesting. Yeah. I need to go vibrate and through that, and that, like, <laughs> it, Yeah, it all, it all, I mean, it, you know, they're hunters, like, they're called hunters. This all goes back to Nietzsche. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really Those like about this conversation is that it has all the classic hallmarks of this character is about to die, but it's framed like it's about Dean, so we don't notice them necessarily. Yeah. Because, like, oh, we're going to make you retire. Oh, the two days before retirement trope. Uh, if you die before me, so, of course, he has to die first. It's so, like, it's it's undercurrent of Bobby's going to mm-hmm. die without actually signaling it loud enough to notice the first time. Wow. Yeah, like if this is your first time watching the episode, you don't know. Because you're for so me, used like, to this show <laughs> being about Dean's mental health that a character talking yeah. to yeah. Dean about, oh, what, you want to die is just like part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. You die before me, I'll kill but you. But then Dies within 24 like, psych, hours. I was using the narrative on purpose. Yeah, he knows what he can get away with in the text of the show. Mm-hmm. He knows what the audience is used to. Mm-hmm. God, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Speaking of really good, when Bobby sees Dick Roman, he goes, well, I'll be a squirrel in a skirt. (laughs) I love that so much. (laughs) I love how Bobby knows who Dick Roman is, and Sam and Dean have to look him up on the internet. Does Bobby read Forbes or something? (laughs) I mean, Dean says he doesn't even vote, although, like, earlier than the scene. That doesn't surprise me at all. That's the most Dean thing I mean, it makes sense, especially because he's legally dead. Um... (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, uh, true. I think he probably would have some difficulty voting. Yeah. Also, his criminal record. Which, you know, he has a few. Uh, yeah. Which I, this again, is the voter fraud the Republicans he, are always talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, this is again like the removal from society, right? Mm-hmm. He literally yeah. doesn't have a say. Well, chooses not to have a say. Slash doesn't have a say. 
Yeah. I know people like this. Or at least... Well, the reason that like he's this. legally dead yeah. and has a criminal record is because he's a hunter. So it's... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's both that he has chosen not to vote and that he no longer can vote. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm sure yeah, he didn't vote before he yeah, was legally exactly. dead and a wanted criminal, but like... Yeah. Um, in, in that way where it's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make a difference who's you know the you know how like liberals are where they're like the vote doesn't things. matter yeah there's two types of liberals the ones who think uh-huh. voting is the only thing you can do and the ones who think voting is nothing <laughs> um... and because like the material reality of America is not going to change the monster status like the the president is not going to pass legislation on banning ghosts or reducing the number of ghosts you know but on the other hand. The government is in charge of social change, and social change could reduce the kind of um, systemic violence that results in violent death. So maybe you course, should be voting, but the, he doesn't think of that. But of course, yeah. hunters don't recognize that as exactly. systemic. Yeah. Exactly. It's individual. Mm-hmm. Libertarianism, jazz hands. Doesn't even vote. Um, uh, so yeah, the, we get this little this montage. Little dick video. The entire time, there's this caption <laughs> on the bottom that says, The Rise of Dick, because it's season yep. seven. It's the photoshopping <laughs> so funny. in this video. Oh, it's so it's really funny. funny. It There's looks okay really if you ones. don't pause, but since I was pausing to look at things, it looks terrible. Yeah. There's a couple of pictures that just, it's, he's so clearly superimposed into the photo. Oh, it's so funny. Some of them are fine. Others are not fine. <laughs> it doesn't it's matter. So okay, somebody list off all the guys he stands next to. Yeah, okay, so, um... Was that? Hold on, let me see. Um, oh, I I don't know all the I can't name all the guys. I do recognize this redhead. Um, is this no? I'm trying to see if there's anything. Let's see. Is there anything in the? Is there the? The. No, I che- <laughs> I checked. So okay. Um, th- th- we see some guys. Uh, I recognized Joe Biden. Um, uh, isn't that Prince Harry? I think it is Prince Charlie. Harry. One of the princes. Oh, the one who's married to Meghan Markle. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that is Prince Harry. Oh yes. Yeah, my Google feed seems to think I give a shit about him, so I have I've. Yes, that that is Prince Harry. Okay, so we see Prince Harry. Um, we see uh uh uh. George George Bush Jr., uh, Joe Biden, Bill Clinton. Um. Oh. And is is Who's that the... one the like was he the speaker of the house or something? Yeah, I'm like I I have been desperately trying to figure out who this jowly old white man is with the glasses. In my head, was, I've been calling was... him like Gort Newgrich because he's like every conservative politician like smushed Hold into on. one. Former like... speakers, I think he was the speaker of the house before Nancy Pelosi, right? Fuck you. Um. Uh... He has like such a like he has a very memorable name. Fuck you. Hold on. The fo- the the. No, it's not. Oh, are you, are you thinking of uh, Dennis Hastert? No, it's not Newt Gingrich. If you're thinking of Newt Gingrich, okay. that that was my. I was like, thinking Newt, of Newt Gingrich. Newt Gingrich has like a like a pinch more pinched face. Hmm. Um, well, he I figured, looks... you know, ten years ago, people change. Is it? Wait, is it Dennis Hastert? Uh, 
This is the thing. There's so many old white guys, old like doughy white men with glasses in mm. politics that like i don't know i posted this you know in... when they blended all the faces of all the congress people yeah exactly <laughs> um, it's him it's mr congress <laughs> i posted this in another server and i was like can someone please help me figure out who this man is i feel like i know who he is you can't and, image like, search everyone's it? what did you try image searching it that was the first thing i did okay never mind no results <laughs> um yeah, and like everyone is like mentioning names and like bringing up people, and I was like, no, no, he he looks kind of like all these guys, but he isn't any of them. And the wiki page doesn't have the trivia section. No. No, I checked there. Um, already. and then is that <laughs> um, is that no? I don't know who the um Asian politician or like. Is it a politician? I don't. I'm not sure. I recognize this guy's face as well. At first, I thought it was Shinzo Abe, but he's got a bigger nose. Um, okay, so we have no idea who this guy is, but if you know, let us know. I again, I feel like I recognize him. It's uh, but whatever. Um, but yeah, this guy he's saying some real, you know, he's 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 saying capitalist things. Pretty much just a milk toast conservative circa 2012. Yeah, they say yeah. he's associated with that. He's a vocal member of the NRA. Um, he's been attracting some conservative political attention, so like explicitly tying to those to that party. Um, but he's also seen shaking Joe Biden's hand, which Joe Biden is a conservative liberal, but... <laughs> Uh -huh. He says, I don't believe in hostile takeovers. I believe in merging and coming out on top, which is really funny, honestly. Yeah. Like, fuck that, that guy. Some... But it's a good line. Yeah, he's like, I believe in good old American values like unlimited growth. We got some critiques of capitalism here. Mm -hmm. It's like I always say, if you want to win, then you got to be the shark, and a shark's got to eat. Uh, there's, a, there's someone saying, Roman is ruthless, but good looking. I think he'll make a great candidate. He denies that he's running for political office, but he has a bestseller out. Hold on. This is very um uh what's that who's that guy? Uh the rich guy in um Back to the Future. Biff? Oh I don't know. Are is we it not Biff? talking about Biff? Biff it's is the Trump Biff. guy. Yeah. And there's lots of lots of characters like this who, you know, rich people who go into politics and they're like the worst, etc. He gives off Mormon vibes. He does. He he feels like not Paul Ryan. Who's the guy I'm thinking of? Mitt Romney? Maybe. Finders full of women? I mean, he does kind of give me Paul Ryan vibes. Yeah, maybe it is who I'm thinking of. I don't know any of these people. Love how much the Canadian knows about American politics. I'm so sorry, Wyatt. I, I, yeah. <laughs> was it Bill Clinton you didn't recognize last night, Emma? I wasn't sure if it was Clinton, but I was right, so. You were okay. right. You were like, but I didn't know you hadn't gotten to Clinton yet. I I saw, but like, I I was did not think that the montage would include so many uh, American presidents. <laughs> he wasn't president at the time. He was vice president yeah, at true. the time. That's crazy. Yeah, which is oh, why he's Oh wait, was there, he only right? vice president for the second term? I don't remember no, Obama's first term. I, I don't know how terms. presidencies work. He was VP for both terms. Okay, I'm that's what sure. I thought. Because I don't remember any other VP for Obama. Man, imagine, imagine running a second time, and you're like, With a "Sorry, man." Guy. <laughs> yeah, that that'd be so mean. I feel like <laughs> you didn't quite, you didn't quite make the cut. Yeah, like it worked last time. Like, like 
I get it if you run with someone and then you don't make it. And you're we like, just okay, had a well. shitty four years together. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, except, except Joe Biden and Barack Obama are, are buds, I think. I believe so, According yes. to all the images, they seem to be. You remember the, all the, the pictures of like Biden laughing and Obama being like, no, no, Joe. Yes, I do remember that meme, yes. I do, yeah. The, the good old days. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, so Dick Roman knows all of these people. Yeah. Um. Dick Roman was a billionaire before it was cool. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Uh, then we get the scene we already talked about with the the them watching the family in this like test chamber. Wait, wait! Before then, Dean says oh, okay. now it makes sense that Crowley said he hates Dick. Oh right. <laughs> He was like, I thought he was just talking in general. Are you stupid? Are you serious? Crow That's Crowley. Maybe in a maybe in a you know, he just had a bad breakup and he's like oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm done swearing with it. it I'm, off. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I'm not dating any more men. I'm done. And then Cass calls him on the phone. Like, Fuck. From being dead? Yes. I guess that does happen in Supernatural in season thirteen. Exactly, see? Um booty call from beyond the grave. <laughs> anyway, then this happens. Um oh we have Bobby with his like big surveillance equipment, which I like a lot. And he borrowed it from Frank. See they do network. Although I guess Frank's yep. not a not a hunter. Yeah. Um I wonder if Bobby considers Frank a person. Yeah, that's a good question. Because he's similarly off the grid. Like he does all Frank also does not participate in society. And yet you reap the benefits of society. Yep. Curious. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so we get this lab scene, um, this is where Dick's like, you know what I love? I mean, besides handball and really crisp Chardonnay, I love progress. And I know that progress mm -hmm. comes from collaboration. This guy's great. This is like yeah. legitimately He's a really good villain. Fun, I honestly. like, yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a bit when, Again, when Sam it's like throws. taken down by the fact that everyone calls him Dick. Yeah. Sam like throws the borax in his face later and he goes, That is not how we communicate from a place of yes. He's yeah, so funny. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah. He's... Literally so incredible. Where'd you guys get that stuff? It's soap, my dude. You and you call like this place called the cleaners. Yeah. You think the Leviathans would be like, no, no cleaners, please. Well, well they don't know that the soap is. Oh, soap. I they guess probably that's don't true. even know yeah, that they soap exists. Know. They don't know shit. They don't know. Most people don't know what's right. in their soap. You're right. If you well, ask they know what the they know that soap exists. No, they know what but soap they don't, exists. But they don't but know that soap melted that their guy. They're like, "Where's yeah. Chen?" They're yes. like, "I don't know." Yes. You're Winchester's right. You're right. got him. They don't know their weakness. Yes. Like they only know whatever their host knows. Plus, like eating things. Those are their two skill sets. And so most people aren't like, "Oh yeah, there's sodium borate in my soap." Even and if, even they, did if know. they did know that, they probably wouldn't know that it would melt them. Exactly. Yeah. So they got the cleaners, and Dick is like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Um, I do have is to say, <laughs> a 99.97, um, uh, like, a 99 point, yeah, 97 is right, uh, 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 chance of success is pretty good. Yeah, except that the point yeah, zero three percent um, has already led, to, so that's, that's the margin he says is the failure rate yeah. for cannibalism right um and we've already seen two cases in this town alone which means that they have approximately according to some quick maths i did um 6,666 targets in this town and that's a lot of people in america who are all supposed to be targeted by biggersons because it's a national chain um and that would that's be true. a lot of cannibals I guess if you, and i guess Dick if you scale it up doesn't yeah. want to show up in the headlines at all monsters no. are real and so on 
That's true. That's true. He makes so that's, he, he you has know what? a point. Fair enough. Um, he's like, have you mentioned how I feel about our little forays making the papers? But again, collaboration, progress. I want to turn this little mistake into a big fat teachable moment. Will you help me with that? And then he makes him eat himself. It's so good. We find out what it means to be bibbed. Yep. Follow through. I wonder whose idea that oh, was. Oh, also, like, was there a gamble with like, the archdiocese. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Because we've had it I mean, in I a guess, previous like, episode, so like, where did it come from? Did they all sit down and? I assume probably Sarah Gamble yeah, when she I was outlining so. this season. Yeah, I think to me. Yeah. And then like in the writers' room, they were like, "All right, here's the episode where we want to establish bibbing exists, and here's where it's gonna happen. Go." Yeah. It's literally just a plastic lobster bib. It's so yeah, funny. it's great. This whole scene's very good. Um, he's like, "I'm shutting it down because of the one golden rule. Do you know it? Yeah, don't make the papers, and I promise that no." The golden rule is there's no such thing as monsters. Which is good. I really like that. Anything that stirs their little pots to the contrary. I don't remember how the rest of the line went. But... Uh, bad for our plans. Mm. Um, and then Bobby gets doinked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They got him. And then they go rescue him, like the rest of this... I got some notes about what, what, about, I mean, we basically already said Dick's funny dialogue when they hit him with the soap, but. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I guess I, there's I a scene where he talks to Bobby. Call attention to yeah. um, Dick's assistant, Susan, who Bobby shoots in the head, which does nothing to her. Um, according mm-hmm. to the trivia section, let me find it real quick. Thank you. Uh, Olivia Chang played Susan and used the Supernatural wiki to research the role. Um, she, is this tweeted or? Research the Oh. Yeah, she like had to read up on the wiki what a Leviathan was when she was cast. I see. It's funny. That's Shout great. out to Supernatural Wiki. Oh uh, yeah, I, she's the only one I have actor facts for in this episode. Um so yeah, I like a classic uh movie villain. He he's got Bobby in a chair. Uh he doesn't tie him up cuz he's like why waste the effort, which he should have tied him up. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> he just leaves him there with he's some a guns. Overconfident. He is very overconfident. Uh, I like his life. He says, it's an us-eat-dog world. Yeah, that made me laugh. I'm gonna eat you, Bob. Uh, And then he has this little monologue, which, this is the most I felt compelled by the Leviathans. Um, It's like, I imagine you appreciate guns. Bobby goes, I'd appreciate one right now. (laughs) Fair. He's like, oh. Not only that, he he does like a little, like, pog face. He's like, oh. Yeah. He thinks Bobby is so funny. <laughs> yeah. Like, but I mean the machine, the idea. Just one of your species' most inspired inventions. I mean it. I really think you guys have spunk. You're like a planner of just the cutest little engines that could. Yeah. Uh, we get a little bit of history about the actual Dick Roman. It's like, as he used to say to the horse, he'd kick out of the presidential suite. Cute, don't quite hack it, sugar. He points the gun to Bobby. I think that guy deserves to have been eaten by the Leviathan. Yeah. I'm going to eat mm-hmm. you, Bob. <laughs> Listen, the Leviathan were eating billionaires before it was cool. Yeah. Oh my god, eat the rich. It's true, they did literally eat the rich. Um, yeah, I wish there'd been a little bit more pontificating about why he likes guns so much. I, I feel like it's fairly obvious, but, like, you know, the idea of a machine that, like, you point and it erases something from existence. I could see that being compelling for a monster. From before the dawn of time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, speaking of, I was looking at the Dick Roman wiki page, which is extremely funny because if you just Google it, it tells you like his um, 
like birth year and death year like most characters have except his says dawn of time to and then the year that he gets killed in I'm, I won't say <laughs> that's which, really funny <laughs> it's extremely funny um, um dick refers to bobby as the damsel in distress gncaf yeah so true and then bobby says he's run his race yeah oh uh, this this leading into the next episode makes me so sad again exactly mm-hmm. like there's the little undercurrent of like yep he's gonna do it yeah, then the boys show up, and he, like, quickly runs over to the desk and, like, finds his, like, maps and papers and stuff, which is where he gets the number that will be very important in the next episode. Yeah, he should have taken, um, like, a picture of it on his cell phone, because it's much le- it's much harder to run out with folders in your arms than with your phone yeah. in your pocket. But whatever, there was a lot of stuff. There is a lot. It w- he would have had to have taken a bunch of pictures. Like, he takes exactly. a lot of paper. Yeah, it is a lot of stuff. And he doesn't have a lot of time. Um, I think it's very funny that the boys are like, well, we're outnumbered and... They're so much more powerful than us, which is why no one will see it coming when we walk right through the front door. That's always your plan. When has it's that true. not been your plan? Yeah. Um, very funny. Much less funny is the bit where Sam realizes there's a bullet hole in the hat. That's really good. Uh, I, um, right before this, so Bobby comes down and he shoots Dick twice. And Dick, like, unharmed, just turns around and is like, hey, that's mine, which was pretty good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then they like they they make a break for it. Um, it's not really clear how Dick got the gun back because Bobby had it, but then we see no, there were two there guns. Were two, oh, guns. There were two guns. That makes sense to yeah. me. Thank you. Chekhov's two guns. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really effective because like it's it's the whenever the villain shoots at people who are driving away, they never hit anything. Like it's always more a gesture than anything else. But yeah. this time he actually. Hit it. He, yeah, he got he Again, got like the narrative awareness and subversion. Like, we know how yep. it goes when a villain shoots at somebody in a car, but this time it doesn't do that. Yep. And then it's like Bobby, but, and like, yeah, they, they shout Bobby's name and then we cut to black. That's the end of the episode. It's pretty good. It's a good cliffhanger. <sighs> um, Are we leaving the cliffhanger there to take our break? Yeah. Oh, wait. I gotta do we eat have lunch. Facts first? Yes. So, uh, as you said, um, Susan was played by Olivia Cheng, who was also Mei Lin in Marco Polo, Master Gao in Deadly Class, Dr. Sylvia Wen in the 2020 edition of The Stand, and uh, Charlotte in C, and Atoy in Warrior. It's been a bunch of stuff. Uh, but yeah, we are, we are on this cliffhanger. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about a very sad episode, but a very good one. by Sarah Gamble and directed by Bob Singer. Uh, Dean and Sam bring Bobby to a trauma center. Inside Bobby's head, we see the scene from the last episode where they find Phil in the forest. They're walking around with guns. Bobby recognizes this as wrong. So Bobby and the boys head back to the house. They're squatting in, and Bobby tries to figure out what's going on. Bobby tries to remember what he found out about the Leviathan's plans and writes it down on a piece of paper. Now he just needs to get back to the waking world and get the information to Sam and Dean. Uh, when Bobby looks up, he's in a ha- he's in his house. Karen is in the bed on the bed in her nightgown. He's holding a glass of wine. Bobby, of course, gets very emotional over seeing her. She wants to talk to him about something serious, and Bobby recognizes this memory. Uh, now we're outside of a building with Rufus. They're on a ca- they're on a case. Bobby keeps seeing a young boy running around in all these scenes, and here he grabs 
the the boy grabs Bobby's arm and says that God's gonna punish him. Uh, Bobby heads inside, and then the Reaper appears. Bobby refuses to go with him, and when he heads through another door, he's in the living room of his house. Uh, Sam and Dean are arguing over whether Chuck Norris is cooler than Jet Li, and they're gonna have a movie night. When he goes to the kitchen, a woman is setting the table and tells him he'd better wash up before dinner. Uh, he closes the doors, and then he's back in the church with Rufus. They're gonna finish the case. Back in the real world, Bobby is being moved to a trauma room where the staff tries to stabilize him. In Bobby's brain, Rufus opens up a coffin and the ghost appears behind Bobby before they can burn her bones. She calls him a heartbreaker and starts ghost-squeezing his heart. Uh, Rufus saves him and Bobby burns the bones. Uh, in the real world, Bobby has been stabilized for the moment, but they have to wait and see how things go from here. Um, outside of a hospital, because Rufus had to go to the hospital because he hit his head when the ghost tossed him. Uh, Bobby sees the kid again. He tries to get him to talk, but no luck. Rufus comes out, uh, and Bobby remembers that when this happened, Rufus told him about his near-death experience. Rufus explains that he was in a hallway in the apartment building he lived in as a kid, and kept having to go through doors with all of his memories in them. Rufus tells him that the right door is the door with your very worst memory in it, the memory you don't even want to acknowledge you have. Bobby explains what's going on to Rufus, and Bobby convinces him to help him. Rufus tries to get Bobby to go into his worst memory, and we're back in Bobby's house with Karen. She's angry at him. It's the same scene. It's just a little bit later. Um, she's angry at him, and we find out that she wanted kids, and Bobby won't, uh, won't agree to that. <laughs> um, Karen steps on the broken glass. This memory is apparently three days before she got possessed. Um, they never got to get past this fight, which is one of Bobby's biggest regrets. Uh, Bobby steps through a door, and they're in a park. Uh, we see Bobby and a very young Dean... Dean says that he's supposed to be practicing with a gun, but Bobby instead has taken him out to throw a ball around like a regular kid. Proving that he Wah. is the best dad. Wah. He is the best dad. Dean is 10 here. Uh, Rufus tries... What? Dean is 10 years old in this scene. Okay. He's baby. Uh, Rufus tries to get out of Bobby why he didn't want to have kids. Bobby's dad was an abusive alcoholic, and Bobby was certain that he would turn out the same. In the next memory, he's in the kitchen of his house. His mom is serving dinner, and his dad is reading a newspaper. The young boy from earlier, who is young Bobby, comes to sit at the table. He accidentally knocks a glass of milk over. Bobby's dad yells at him while Bobby's mom starts cleaning it up. Bobby's dad tosses his plate of food on the floor and starts on a tirade. Uh, adult Bobby closes the doors before they, that can get any further, and Rufus tries to convince him that they should probably go looking through that memory because it seems pretty bad. Uh, instead of facing his trauma, though, Bobby decides he's going to stop the Reaper with a magic spell. Uh, back in the real world, the doctor is talking to Sam and Dean. They're just kind of waiting for the swelling to go down, but things are going okay. And then a man pulls Dean away and asks him about organ donation. Dean gets mad and punches the wall, and then he goes outside, and he sees that Dick Roman is there in his nice black car. Uh, Dean starts going at him verbally while bystanders record on their phones, but Dick tells him to go check on Bobby. Sam tries to talk to Dean about what they're going to do if Bobby dies, and Dean is not hearing it at all. Back in Bobby's brain space, they're prepping the spell to stop the Reaper, and then Bobby sees a version of himself talking to John on the phone, telling him that they didn't practice with guns, but instead went out and played ball, and John apparently yells at him uh, for acting like Dean's dad. <sighs> uh, Bobby does the spell, and the Reaper appears. The Reaper is trying to talk him into dying, because if he doesn't, he'll become a, sp a spirit. Rufus sees the sense in this, and the Reaper insists that Bobby has done enough that it's time for him to rest, but Bobby needs to get this information to Dean and Sam and needs to get back to them. He lets the younger version of himself lead the way, and we go back to the scene in the kitchen. Bobby's dad is doing the abusive thing, and Bobby stands up to him, and it's... Oh, it's a good scene. 
Uh, in the real world, he's showing signs of responsiveness, so they're going to take him up for surgery. Back in the kitchen, young Bobby appears holding a gun. Bobby's dad tries to call his bluff, and then Bobby kills him. Yeah, uh, Bobby's right mom says that God is going to punish him, but Bobby goes to talk to his younger self and tell him that he did a good thing, but people are rarely grateful, and he tells him to go bury his dad outside. In the real world, Bobby's eyes open. He manages to write the numbers on Sam's hand, says idiots one last time, and then he dies. Uh, back inside Bobby's head... He's in his house again. We hear Dean calling from the other room for Bobby to hurry so that they can start their movie marathon. The Reaper returns and tells Bobby that his mind has been destroyed by the bullet and that this is his last chance to move on. Bobby decides to live through his last memory, so he goes and sits in the living room where Sam and Dean are arguing about licorice. As they fade away, the Reaper asks finally if Bobby's going to stay or go, and we cut to black before we get his answer. <gasps> God. God. Bobby fans, we feast. The Kill Your Dad show. This is a good episode. Yeah, I was literally so. Yeah, this is the yeah. This is the Kill Your Dad show. (sighs) Oh boy. Where do we even start? This is a fantastic episode. So good. Yeah, it's hard. It's like, it's 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 really hard. Okay, this is my. It's really hard to do this kind of like non-linear. uh, association-based storytelling with the way this episode is written. Like, it it jumps around so much to different scenes and different parts of Bobby's life. Like, there's, like, three uh, interlocked storylines here that are playing out as we progress that, like, all culminate together. Uh, and it's very well done. Like, the way the scenes flow into each other, it's, like, not hard to follow at all, even though it very easily could have been. Yeah. Um, so props to like the writing, the directing, the editing. Like this is a well-made episode of television. Uh, I like the way it starts with us like being back in the forest. Is like Bobby's been like, wait a second, this is some magic stuff. Like I I know what's going on here. I've been through this already. I'm dreaming. Yeah. It's like a a certain degree of genre savviness there that. It's fun and fits him as someone who's been around the block a whole bunch of times. Honestly, this episode might make me too sad to talk about. Oh. I'm, like, trying to figure out the comments, and all of my notes are just, like, wah, and a lot of frowny faces. I have real notes, but not a lot of them. (laughs) Yeah, I will admit to mostly just, like, watching this one. I did take some notes, but, like... I have... It's not even true. Like, I do have a lot of notes, but they're mostly just me being very sad about specific lines. So do we want to go chronologically? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'm happy to, like, build up to the the conversation. We can talk about the scenes as they occur. So my first note is that we start with, like, an opening shot. You know how, like, horror shows and medical shows will sometimes do, like, a zoom into a wound? uh, And you, like, see inside the person's butt. Oh, yes. I fucking hate those shots. That's why I can't watch House. I don't care how goofy the CGI is. I don't like looking at inside your flesh. It's gross. So we get that twice here, and I didn't appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's an interesting continuation of the horror of there being something inside of you that's changing you, right? Yeah, it's fine. Uh, it's not like a I decision meant. I'm mad at. I just hate looking no, at no, it no. myself. <laughs> I know. I'm just excited by the thematic like yeah. through line here of, like, the the combined horror of like last episode is like what if you ate something that changed you this episode is like what if a foreign object was inside your brain and slowly making your like 
very self like crumble in real time. Oh, I also um, think there's something like metaphorical, symbolic about like there's something inside you that you can't get out with this theme of trauma. Yes, yes. Like down to jumping ahead, down to the bullet, like it's in the same spot. Bobby shoots his dad in the same spot that he dies of the same yep. bullet. Like, oh my god. Yeah, the Reaper's like, you're the only person I know with hereditary shot-in-the-head disease or whatever. <laughs> yeah, genetic case of bullet in the brain. Um, which is, like, it's um, a funny line, because, like, of course, that's not how bullets in the brain work, but in yeah. story, it is. Yep. <sighs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the Reaper keeps making comments about how the bullet is killing him. Yeah. Slowly and cell by cell. Yeah, and, like, really cool. we can save it for the end, but the the, like the bit where they're like, this is the only thing left, like him in that room with that memory, I thought was really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, God. But yeah, we have him in this, in this like, repeating memory where he's like, wait a second, mm-hmm. hold on, I've done this before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he writes down the numbers and then suddenly uh, switches and it's Karen. Yeah. Uh, it's the return of the white nightgown. Yeah, for real. Yep. Um, it. I think their relationship is very sweet from what we see of yeah. it. Like, their mm-hmm. Jim Beaver is being so tender. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And like Karen starts to say, she, you know, she really sat with this, but he remembers when she said this the first time, and so he says with her, sat with this, and she gives him like a little smack on She's the like, chest. She goes to make fun of me. of me. He says, yeah, so like achingly soft he goes i wouldn't Wah! yeah <laughs> yeah fucked up also yeah fucked when he's like what the back earlier is like what the hell karen's like you were expecting farrah fossa and he says no she always calls first yeah which is apparently what he said the first time around too which is funny they're really sweet oh, he's so cute um yeah the he like looks out the window and sees himself, which was yeah. That's... He doesn't recognize his younger self yet, and that's that's his younger self coming back from burying his dad behind the shed, right? Oh, I assume so. Yeah, he's running out from behind yeah. the shed. Uh, like I said, the 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 way this episode is like constructed together is really is well it the done. same house? Like, did, does does he yeah. still live in that house? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's the same sliding doors to the kitchen. It's the same everything. So you know how season one was about never being able to go home? <sighs> Bobby can't leave home. Well, now he well, can't. His and house then it burned, burned down. down. <laughs> yeah. So now he can't. Which, like, go. okay, yeah. so I... It's exactly like the house in Lebanon and then the, the roadhouse. Mm-hmm. When his house got burned down, like, I've been waiting. I've been like, is this the season where Bobby's going to die? There's something interesting about it having been a delayed response. He's like a hermit crab. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it really the same house? Yes. I'm like 95% sure. The kitchen, the counters are all the same. It does look very It's just familiar. a different lighting. Yeah. You can see the, like the back door. Like it's it's yeah. laid out in a different no, way yeah, now. No, yeah, I believe but... you. Yeah. Man, the windows no wonder he didn't place. want to have kids in this house. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, talk about it living in a haunted house, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Bobby makes me so sad. Uh, okay, so we get a flash of lightning, and suddenly Rufus is there because Bobby's somewhere else. Yeah. Hi, Rufus. Hi, dangly earring. Hi, Rufus. 
He's got his gay little earring. He I calls Bobby him. baby boy. I love him. I was so happy to see him again. Mm -hmm. He looks so young. They spray painted his hair. <laughs> he looks like he looked in the X-Files. Um, yeah, so this is one of their first hunts together for sure, right? Um, I don't know if it's one of their first ones. I think they're just bantering. I, I got the sense that this is one of their, this is like early in their history because it talked about how Rufus like trained Bobby. Yeah, he says number one trick um, is act like you know what you're doing. Um, yeah. And then Bobby's like still disoriented from being zapped into a different memory. And Rufus goes, what, I can't give you advice now? All of a sudden, you know everything? Yeah. He's okay, but Bobby. like later when when Rufus gets out of the hospital, which is from the same hunt, yeah. um Bobby says I need my partner on this and and Rufus isn't like uh I, I barely know you. Yeah, can. well, I mean that's because this is his memory of Rufus and he's like breaking chronology when he says that, I think. Like yeah, this I mean, is he simultaneously starts dragging Rufus through memories at that point. So he's he's yeah. not like strictly that time Rufus necessarily. Yeah, he he unanchors Rufus from the chronology of his memory and he becomes the like amalgamation of the Rufus Bobby has known all throughout his life. That's 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 fair. That makes sense. Yeah, because like he, he calls him baby boy. He talks about giving advice. Like all, all the dialogue points towards the fact that like this is this is an early hunt for Bobby. Yeah. You know, reading back through their their dialogue, you're right. Yeah, I figured it was just the show saying things for our benefit. But um, when they when they go in, he says, "I want you to grab a torch." Uh, once I open the coffin, showtime's coming pretty quickly. No, yeah. he sees little boy him again mm -hmm. like god's gonna punish you which is good hold on to that yeah mm -hmm. that's interesting that that's again this makes me the stuff about this show makes me sad i feel like you could turn supernatural into like a really tight story that like actually has everything like fit together like if we had this come up a few times before like this episode i feel like it really could have like hit and it still hits in the mm -hmm. episode but um yeah, yeah we get very there's... little of bobby's relationship with faith before this yeah. line and i, I feel... imagine it's not great yeah and considering everything <laughs> considering all of what like season five was about i feel like you could have done something really strong with that and like bobby's thoughts about like religion and faith and stuff and his own mm -hmm. yeah his trauma related to his family and it's like it's fine the show's the show this is a great it like individual episode but yeah just yeah just they couldn't nuts. write it backwards but it is yeah oh. um the people in the church in bright red are really striking mm -hmm. and then they vanish and then, yeah and then they vanish as the memory shifts and the reaper arrives yeah mm -hmm. he's standing on this like red carpet um as the lights slowly go out very good metaphor for like his body mm -hmm. and it's in a church too mm -hmm. and bobby finds it weird that the reaper is inside his head and he's like well you're in a coma this is what happens yeah. this is what happens reaper's got a little uh stopwatch or, or uh, pocket uh -huh. watch also he's wearing a paisley tie which is which is good he's got vibes i like this reaper yeah i thought he might have been like in something else but not really no not, not any cast him yourself yeah. Be the change you wish to see in the world, Wyatt. <laughs> he does a good job. He's more of a, like, dick than some of the other Reapers we've seen before. He's very, like, no-nonsense. He's like, all right, come on, chop-chop. 
Yeah, he's impatient. He says, I've got places to be. But also, I would probably be impatient if this was my job and I had to go through the same conversation 12 times yeah, a day. Also, this fair. guy's that's already fair. died. Like, you already took him. All day. <laughs> it's like, I never heard of a reaper showing up inside a guy's custard. Bobby's continuous, like, using funny words for people's brains. Um, mm-hmm. You're in a coma, genius. This is what happens. Like, climb in your custard and fish you out. Yeah. Yeah, there's, like, a hesitation before he repeats custard. He's like custard yeah <laughs> he does not want to use the metaphor it's like this is stupid the reaper checking his watch the reaper is a great like slow like he's not he's menacing but his presence is a menace like whenever he shows up uh-huh. he makes the memories like fall away and get corrupted uh which is just cool he he i mean obviously he represents like the creeping death yeah. um but in a way that's like in the way that's like omenistic almost. Yeah. Where it's like his like he is not the one causing this. He is just here trying to put Bobby out of his misery. Yeah. He's the he's the face to what would be happening already anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh and then we get this great argument about uh uh Delta Force and um what's the Chuck Norris movie? It's um um chuck norris american hero collection oh it's a bunch of movies okay yeah they're doing a, a marathon no, delta force is also a chuck norris movie i think they're doing a chuck norris marathon um but sam makes probably makes a comment about jet lee yeah I was like, babies bobby loves them so they're much they're bickering jet lee would kick chuck norris's ass <laughs> fuck chuck norris <laughs> Dean would like Chuck Norris. Yeah, though. absolutely. Also, this was in 2012, where like it was he was a meme. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, it's he was that that was starting to get old at this point. Well, but, yeah. this is a memory, so it had to have happened before. It's true. It's true. It's true. That's true. It's true. This is Bobby's memory I just mean of the from meme. A, a, <laughs> yeah, I just mean from a uh, Doyleist perspective. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Anyway, yeah. Sorry, I was absolutely looking at Jet Li's filmography, and I forgot he plays a character named Yin Yang in The Expendables. Ugh. Put some respect Jeez. on my man's name. No kidding. I gotta rewatch Hero. Anyway, <laughs> Jet Li's great. Um, I'm on Sam's side here. <laughs> I just like the seriousness seriousness with which they're having this conversation. It's great. It's so cute. It's great, because, yeah, we... But we see the movies, but like, it. yeah, the I like the way it builds up to it because they're Sam's like, look, you can't really compare. Like, it feels like a real argument, mm-hmm. and then like the punchline hits as his dude's like, Bobby, would you please tell Sam that Chuck Norris could kick Jet Li's ass? Like, grabs him a beer. It's a cute little, cute little scene, and then of course this will come back mm-hmm. later. But in the meantime, we cut to the first instance of remembering Bobby's mother, and he just closes yeah, it and- instead. This is, um, so what I said earlier about the way these associations are all connected. So we have the Karen scene, which is interrupted by the Rufus scene, which obviously Rufus is the one that came and helped him after Karen died. And then we have Bobby running away from death and he runs here. And we learn later that this is his like safest place. So of course this is where he runs. And then he goes to get a beer and ends up in his childhood scene because his father's an alcoholic. Like, everything flows together so well. Mm-hmm. It's very smartly done. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a lot more elegant in the actual episode than it was when I was synopsizing. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to synopsize. There's yeah, well, a lot that's, going that's on. That's the thing is it's, is it's yeah, because it's if you just say the plot details, then it really is bouncing around. But but everything's connected um, in a in a sort of like match cut sort of way, like when you uh, cut on something to like something else like it. Uh, it's the like mm -hmm. metaphorical. I mean, it, match cuts aren't metaphorical, but it's the like. It's in the writing rather than the the uh, filming. Visuals. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a you know, yeah. thematic association. Anyway, Bobby's um, mom says, "God, what is wrong with you?" It's like you want him to get mad, which is yeah. There's a lot going on. And we come back to the Rufus hunt because Bobby runs from that memory. Um, Bobby keeps trying to be like, "Hey, I'm dying," and Rufus is like, "Everybody's dying. There's a damn reaper coming for all of us, Bobby. <laughs> like, come on, please." <laughs> it's great. Uh, Rufus. We're all dialogue. dying. Let's get you some fruit. <laughs> Rufus's dialogue in this is. He so says, good. "I got plans for Purim." Woo. Yeah. So true, King. I wish I had plans for Purim. I want to know what Rufus dressed up as for Purim. Um. And then, uh, you know, they're they're breaking into a crypt. We cut back to Bobby on the hospital bed, dying. Yeah, because the ghost is attacking him, so his vitals are going everywhere. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, if I you like die that. in the dream, you die. <laughs> also, because they're like working on Bobby, he's behind the veil, like the the curtains for the bed. Yeah, and they have to like watch the silhouettes move around him. It's yeah. Also, he says like that. Um, who says it? Give me a second. Oh, Dean says that's our uncle. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> our uncle. Which is, of course, the, the pretense they're using for the hospital so that they can be treated as next of kin so that they can have yep. updates and not just be like, look, we found a guy. But that's our uncle. Uncle Bobby. What um, if I cried forever? Then we meet this ghost who is excellent, great ghost, love her dress, Seriously, love the neck ghost. wound and like the dried blood in the like tarnishing the like very pretty like white lacy dress. She's got like Yeah, she... she's got some makeup around her eyes to make them look bigger. So what are you gonna say, Ash? Mm -hmm. Oh, she calls Bobby a heartbreaker because yeah. she um yep. she was left at the altar and now she kills guys who break their, their girls' parts, yep. is what Rufus says. And Rufus is like I didn't really peg you for a heartbreaker. Yeah. You're such a family man. Huh. Uh, Bobby, handshake Dean, everyone around him being like, of course you're, you're, you know, a family person. Of course you, you would be a good dad. And then they're like, I would not. Yeah. Rufus gets thrown like bad. He's like, his head is bleeding. He's smashed like, on the floor. Mm-hmm. Again, hunters. He has a near-death experience. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby saves him. Yeah, Bobby starts to recognize the young self. He's like, wait a minute, I know you. And then from behind him, Rufus goes, did you think I was dead? Yeah, Rufus, we did think you were dead because you are. <laughs> yeah. um, he says, don't sit shit before Man. me yet, Bobby. Woo! <laughs> Take a shot. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah Gamble. Thanks, Sarah Gamble. <laughs> He's like, I was not going to die on plaid carpet. He's so funny. He's literally so funny. I find it interesting that Bobby doesn't recognize himself. Yeah, but I think that's probably you could um explain that as like the way that the bullet is destroying bits of his memory. Oh yeah, like, you can explain it in a lot of he ways. He literally I has find gunshot it... trauma. Yeah, this isn't a cinema sin. This is me being like, this is like uh, yeah. thematically rich. Of like, he doesn't recognize mm -hmm. himself potentially because he's repressed this part of his life so much that he yeah. like refuses to see it. Question mark. 
Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like, I'm only 23, so I would recognize pictures of my younger Yeah, self. yeah, he's like, yeah. I don't like, know what yeah. it's like being, like, 60. Yeah, there's a, there's a simple explanation for it, too, old. but I like the, I like the deeper rating of it there. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. It's, it's, it's layers, like an onion. Um, <laughs> oh, also, Rufus tells the nurse who wheels him out to call him. Yeah, he gives her his number. He's so cute. I love Rufus. Oh, uh, and yeah, this allows Rufus to give the some some like little exposition about how uh how how dying works. Yeah. Yeah, how to survive a near death experience. Yeah. yeah, and Bobby's like, Okay, seriously, I'm dying in the real world and Rufus is like, Are you trying to tell me I'm just one of your better memories? They're so gay. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately Bobby goes, Literally. I need my partner on this. <laughs> Literally. Uh, yeah, Rufus like, I'm not dying on no plaid carpet. No, thank you. I was like, so what'd you do? He's like, well, obviously, Bobby, not being stupid. I started looking for the damn exit door. <laughs> I love I him so that. much. Yeah, Rufus says, aim for your worst memory. And then it goes yeah. like, and Bobby's like, well, I have a lot of bad memories. Rufus is like, by the way, what's up with the heartbreaker thing? And he says, thanks for narrowing things down and opens back to the Karen memory. <sighs> mm-hmm. Uh, this is where yeah, Karen also, says. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. Um, I the mm, R- Rufus says, "Are you trying to tell me I'm one of your better memories?" That's what I said. Yeah, I know, but I wanted to linger on that slightly. Of like, it's it's so sad. Like, obviously, I mean, this is his friend, right? But the better memories surrounding his friend are like life and death like them going through life and death together like rufus nearly dies yeah like it it uh, it really speaks a lot mm. to and like obviously you know the show is showing us this in part because like it's fun to bring rufus back again like bobby's got a friendly face here etc and we do have the nice like memory of the boys but like this being mm. one of his better memories is well and this is this is before he and rufus had their falling out yeah yeah yeah, I'm sort of sad we didn't see their falling out, but that probably would have been too much all crammed into the one episode. Yeah. Um, and there's also something really interesting about um, the like you have to go to like the darkest place inside of you to make it out the other side. You have to go through your own little like hero's journey inside your own head. Yeah, I like I like that. I also like that as like the you know your life flashes before your eyes yeah mm-hmm. this idea that specifically you have to go through the worst part in order to continue living um mm-hmm. reminds me of what sam said about like after he went to hell he no longer feels guilty because like he's been through it yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay sorry now we can move on to the to the karen scene I yeah just, so karen says uh, we don't see what like bobby told her she we just see her reaction and she says I don't understand. You're a good man. You'd be a good dad. What does that even mean? You break everything you touch. What kind of excuse is that? And then she steps on the glass and like <sighs> stops the conversation. And then we come back to that line later. Yeah. Oh, yep. It's really good. It's mm-hmm. genuinely very good writing. Yeah. The way, the way certain lines like are like layered over each other and like come back and are like repeated and are given new meanings is quite well done. Yeah. She says, uh, everything's a lie, our whole life, our vows, everything. You knew I wanted kids. Why didn't you just sit me down and say, oh, and then the part that Emma read, oh. Yeah, this is what, and then yeah, after like... that she yells that you broke my heart, which is why the ghost is able to target him. Huh. The more we talk about this, the more I'm like, this is one of the best episodes of this show, I think. Yeah, honestly. 
It's really good. Um, They gave Bobby a really good send-off. And Rufus is just standing in the corner for this whole scene. And he goes very quietly. He goes, Bobby, I thought you'd want a gang of Rugrats. And he just (sighs) shakes his head. He doesn't even say anything. Yeah. And then Rufus asks how long before, or how long after this? Three days. Yeah. Biggest regret of my life, this fight. You'd think it was when I had to stab her to death, but no. All through that, I was thinking we we never got got to get past past this. this. If I'd have I'd known, have known I'd, have I'd have said anything she wanted, she wanted to, hear. to hear. Yeah. <laughs> I was here to say Jim because I was so upset. <laughs> Jim. Mine is uh, the words, U, the letters UG and then scribbles. Um, there's something interesting about the, um, the, the wine glass and the way she like steps on the glass and we see her bloody foot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like feels like it's gesturing towards like with the um the milk glass the the what the milk glass yeah both the yes both that mm-hmm. um in that i assume bobby broke the glass well i think Cause... he probably what probably happened is he, i mean what could have happened is she, she dropped we saw it her we or... saw him pass it to her in the in the first part of this memory okay so she breaks it then. okay she either drops well, it or threw still it. it's the it's the it's still the broken glass thing yeah. from from mm-hmm. later it still works for me but like uh i'm sad uh, it would have worked for me better if he had dropped it because then it's like she gets hurt from his action even though he wouldn't have meant that to happen but mm-hmm. it's fine either way the 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 small i like the that it though like uh with what him with what he said about this argument ending up more significant like we get her being wounded but in like a small way that doesn't matter as much in a way that foreshadows the like future death that is coming it's like this scene mm-hmm. you could fix it like it's just a little wound but we know that yeah but she dies 3 days later like her to, foot yeah. probably still hurt yeah Ugh. and then he goes <gasps> to a good memory mm-hmm. yeah with little dean it's like almost washed out like it's so yeah, bright it's so pastel mm-hmm. almost that's not the word, but it's like a soft lighting. Um, yeah, sorry, sorry. About... Right before. Oh, go ahead. I, sorry, I meant right before that, like as he's like staring at the light, like it just like absolutely oh, yeah. washes out like everything about him. And then, yeah, he steps through and then it's super vibrant, like you just said. You can see the pink in his cheeks. Yeah, Rufus says, You look pretty good there, must have drank less. And 10-year-old Dean yeah. says, Dad says I'm supposed to practice with the double barrel. Mary died six years ago. Yep. First taught off shotgun in sixth grade. Yep. Just like a regular snot-nosed little jerk. Huh. And then Rufus goes, you know, for a guy That's who'd rather break good. his wife's heart than give her a baby, you make a hell of a nanny. Ha! Yeah. I'm so fucking sad about these people. Um, And then the shed really... is behind them. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's I don't, it's not like a shed, it's like a park bathroom or like a uh like an electrical like it's a li- one of those little buildings that parks have, but it right. it, it is reminiscent but, yeah, of a shed. Yeah, that's the what I mean is like they're being it as a shed. The oh, transcript knows what knows what's being <laughs> talked about. I mean, a shed is just a small building, right? You know, yeah. Ash is right in that it's not the shed, but it's still a shed yeah. and like obviously it's, a, it's like a brick building and it's 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 got like professional yeah windows whereas the shed from his like uh the window shot was like a more uh it was jankier looking yeah made of wood 
Bobby says that his dad was a mean drunk and he figured he'd be just like him. And Rufus says, you're too hard on yourself. You're more of a cranky drunk, which is cute. It is cute. Oh, and then we meet Bobby's dad. Yeah, he says, how am I supposed to know what I don't want me to know? Opens the doors immediately. Bobby's father is center screen. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the newspaper that he's reading... I can't read the front cover or it's something not relevant, but the back cover's headline says the past is best left in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, Puking. One thing, the way this scene is shot is really interesting because there's like a old timey, like really like uh yellowy light bulb, like lighting this scene up. Uh, and it mm-hmm. gives it the vibe of like the sort of like warm glow of nostalgia that like childhood scenes are often shot with, um, but like outside it's dark and like that we mm-hmm. see the window in the background and there's like something's not quite right here. There are long shadows in the corners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bobby's mother mentions, and it's had... not just fuzzy around the edges as like memories are. It's 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 more sinister. Yeah. Bobby's mother mentions uh, saying Grace, and Bobby's father says to hell with Grace. Yeah. Um, to hell with so Grace. So we get a little, a little setup of the religious backgrounds that he grew yeah. up with. Mm-hmm. The milk breaks, and then he throws his own food off the table, and it's like, oh boy, and then takes, takes a drink. Yeah, hold on. The milk breaks. Bobby's father says, you break everything you touch, which is, of course, what oh, Bobby yeah, yeah. repeated yeah, to yeah, Karen. Yeah, yeah. He believed that for the next, what is that, 40 years? Yeah. Um, and then Bobby's mother's like, let's just have a nice supper, trying to minimize it. And he throws his food on the floor. And like later, I guess we could talk about that when that happens. But his mom says, like, why do you always provoke him or something, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, well, I mean, is not quite the same as you break everything you touch. But like the the one-two punch of his dad being like, this is your fault, or like, you always break everything, and then his mom being like, this is your fault for making him mad. Oh, poor mm-hmm. little boy. Poor little Bobby. Um. So then Bobby closes the doors on that, and Rufus is like, come on, that's gotta be it. And Bobby says, that was any given Tuesday night. Mm. <sighs> Which, until that point, it Which, has been, but it won't be. Yeah, it won't be. <laughs> the way it ended was significant, yeah. Bobby's like, I know we're in the wrong place because he's he's running from this. Mm-hmm. And Rufus says, No, you're scared. Um, and this is when Bobby decides, like, he does not, in fact, yeah. want to uh, face his childhood he's like, trauma. Nope, I'm gonna stop the Reaper. Yep, I'm gonna do a magic spell. <laughs> there are many benefits repressed... to being a cryptozoologist. <laughs> <laughs> How deeply repressed do we think this is? Like, oh, it's probably deep in there. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not very experienced in like memory repression but like it's probably one of those things that like crops up in nightmares and and is pers- is succeeded by lots of drinking in order to forget yeah. yeah like part of him knows that he killed his dad but like he mm-hmm. just doesn't touch that part <laughs> yeah even though he lives in the same house uh-huh. he probably still has that gun <sighs> oh boy actually was he carrying that gun in the last episode i mean I don't know I don't if I'm about guns that. to answer that question. It looks like a 45, I think. Let me look. I'm going to look. Keep talking. All right. Um, this is when we cut back to uh, Dean and Sam, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, hold that on a second, though. I, I like how like we build towards the memory of his dad. Like It takes him 
three tries to even mm. get to see yes. his father. Like we first yes. just see the little boy running around by himself twice. And then we see, you know, the scene with Bobby's mom. And then we get to see the scene where Bobby's dad is actually there. And the first yeah. thing he says is about Bobby being late, like taking a long time to get there. <sighs> yeah, that's a good point. It's a really good uh, build up towards it. Yeah. Then we see the boys. Um, The way the boys in this hospital scene is shot uh, is so different from Bobby's memories, um, where there's a lot of playing with light and shadow, a lot of the scenes with Bobby and Rufus, except for the one where they're outside, um, and it's, like, super vibrant, are, like, lights illuminating part of their face, and then other parts being in shadow, and same with the surrounding environment. Um, but this scene, everything is just, like, yeah, washed in the hospital, out by the overhead white light. fluorescent lighting. Yeah. But it's, like, gray more than white. Yeah. Um. So the doctor tells them that, mm -hmm. like, it could be good news, but you gotta just wait and see. And then the little organ donation guy comes up behind them and asks if they're <laughs> if there's next of kin. Um. And then Dean is the only yeah. one who goes to talk to him. I don't. I guess Sam is staying to check on Bobby. Um. I think it had to be Dean because Sam is not the kind of guy to punch a wall about stuff. Um. Mm hmm. But also, yeah. it is the Dean show. So, oh, <laughs> What's um, sorry. There is, there is one color that stands out among the drab, like uh, grays and like dark greens and browns, and it's the crimson of the hospital sign and of Dean's blood and of the brick of the building. The only bright color is red. So true, mm. actually. Um. Well, we all so... understand color. <laughs> This would be a great color for a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the guy talks, starts talking about like organ donation. You know, some good can come with this tragic. And Dean's like, he's not going to die. He's not going to die. He's not going to die. Um, and punches the, the sign next to him. Uh, the little like shatter circle of punch is next to the words intensive care and trauma center. I think mm -hmm. that's beautiful. Um, and he's standing yep. under the giant sign oh. that says trauma center. That that's him. It's Mr. Trauma it's Mr. Intensive Care. Yep. Hold on. I I sent the pictures of the guns to Alex, and and uh, it looks like his preliminary uh, decision is no. Okay. That they are not the same. Thanks. I like the dean's. Like Bobby's going to be fine. It's just one bullet. Yeah, you know he oh, got shot in dude. the head. That's all. He is just so deep in denial. He's going to be fine because he's always fine. He can't keep doing this. He's already watched Bobby die once. Yep. Punches glass. Sorry, also, uh, before the woman that comes to the desk before Dean has a streak of red in her hair. This is the most on purpose, like, color thing in the world. Um, and Dean, because he needs some air, sick. he goes out and finds Sick Roman. Uh, I really like that everyone's using their little cell phone cameras to record this, and Dean goes, See, deciding to jump a famous guy ain't all upside. <laughs> Yeah. I have the power of yeah, internet like, on my side. You are the crazy one in this situation. Oh, yeah. Thanks for po posting Baby Bobby. Because, yeah, Baby Bobby's also wearing a red shirt. Blood is everywhere in this episode. Um, Dean tells Dick. Dean Dick is, like, being dismissive of his threats, right? And Dean goes, you're either laughing because you're scared or you're laughing because you're stupid. And Dick's smile, like, falters. <laughs> Dean is so scary. <laughs> Yeah. 
There's just this this pure hatred in his eyes. Dick hates this guy. Yeah. Yeah, Alex says they're definitely not the same rifle. Okay. Um, Bobby starts taking down ingredients to bind the Reaper. I don't have any notes on this scene. Yeah, this he hit a giant cross like, inside a Bible. That's pretty funny. <laughs> it's probably a cursed cross, to be fair. Um, so Dean goes back inside, and Sam tells him that like Bobby's breathing on his own, which is best case scenario. Um, they're not gonna take the bullet out yet. Um, he he starts giving him like the medical information. I looked this up a little bit. It seems like this actually is what would happen, which is nice. Um, mm -hmm. Kudos on the research. Supernatural doing research? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's I believe it. That's it all nothing mm -hmm. nothing struck me as wrong about any of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Sam's like, well what if what if he does die? And Tina's like, Nope, I'm going to walk away from nope, this conversation. I refuse to talk about this. He says, What do you mm -hmm. want to well hold on actually. Sam says we need to brace ourselves. Dean says why? Sam says because it's real, which is so season seven saying me, I want to put my head through a wall. Yeah. He knows it's real because it hurts. Uh, uh. That's the uh, first line of the Trader Burger Cormorant. This is the truth. You know it because it hurts. Sick. I need to read that. It's really good. Um, Dean says... Um, that, that's, I just want to say, the second book opens with, just because it hurts, does that mean it has to be true or something like that? Like, it's a little little inversion on it. Neat. It's good. Those books are great. Yeah. Anyway. So Dean says, what do you want to do? You want to hug and say we made it through when Dad died? We've been through enough. I wish I could explode myself at will. Literally. Literally. Shooting lasers from my eyes. Chewing on the bars. Scuttling around the room like the lady in the yellow wallpaper. <laughs> the hysterics. Remember when yeah. Sola Sam tried to kill Bobby for a patricide spell? <laughs> yes. <laughs> when Bob Bobby's little home alone traps. <laughs> oh, this show contains many multitudes. Mm -hmm. Um, you go back to them doing the spell. Yeah, then we see um, uh, eighty nine Bobby talking to John. Yeah, yeah I know why he's their call. dad, but he is though. Mm, but he is. He like throws the phone across the room, presumably onto the couch or something. We don't hear it Crowder, but and things start disappearing from the house. The Reaper shows up with the spell and says, um, you've seen the dark coming, people disappearing, things going blank. Look around, cell by cell, that bullet's killing your brain. And we see, like, the faces and the well, photographs are going blurry. He says, you're running out of places to hide. Understand, this trap won't hold forever because this room won't hold because you are going to die. It's so good. The inevitable decay. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. well, and also even before that, um, after he goes to the fridge, I think, um, yeah, he opens the drawer, looks away. And then when he looks back, the drawer is empty. Well that, but also the, the, suddenly there's like a soft focus lens. Um, like the, the lights are already blown out and the like edge of everything is like kind of blurry which has not been the, the way that this scene was shot prior. So, like, yeah, even the mm -hmm. the film itself is, like, starting to, like, get fuzzier. Again, really well-made episode. Mm -hmm. uh, also, we see the jar of blood again in his fridge. That was <laughs> We commented on that, like, I don't know how many episodes ago that was, but Bobby's 
weird, like, just just keeps a jar of blood in his fridge. The Reaper tells him, come with me, be done, you've earned it. Oh my god. Oh my god. There'll be peace when you are done. Shut up! That's that's what, that's the same, this is what they say, right? This is what, um, the Reaper said to Dean, yeah, way back in, what was that, like, season three? Literally 2-1 in my time of dying. Oh boy. Rufus tries to convince him to move on before yeah. he can become a ghost because a hunter will have to kill him. Uh, but the Reaper says, Baba, you've helped. You got handed a small, unremarkable life and you did something with you it. You did something with it. Oh. It's been like you die of liver disease watching Barney Miller reruns. You've done enough. Believe me. Bobby says, I don't care. The Reaper says, why? And he says, because he they're, they're my boys. boys. They're his boys! What then? <laughs> That that made me like. What if I eat my fucking microphone? Uh, <laughs> and this is when he's finally like, okay, well, I have to go face it. Yeah, he says, "Nice seeing mm-hmm. you again, old friend." The only way out is through. Yeah, he says goodbye to Rufus. <laughs> old yeah. friend is one of the like most things you can call somebody. Uh huh. Literally. So we're finally back in the scene. We are back in the scene. Mm-hmm. Um. Speaking of the little, well, not speaking of, we were, we mentioned the little uh, blame V aiming at Bobby, but there's also, of course, a little blame triangle going on because Bobby's father says, you know why he's like that? Because you let him do whatever he wants. Yeah. There's, there's so much resentment spilling around in this room. The vibes in this house are horrible. It's disgusting. Oh, yeah. It's fucking rancid in here. She keeps trying to calm him down. She says, relax, have another drink. He says, don't tell me what yeah, to do. Have another drink. And then he hits her, which we don't see. We only hear. Yeah. Um, which I appreciate. Uh, yeah, it's good. And it's effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, adult Bobby is facing this and being like, what? Because, yeah, he's like, because he's a bad kid, that's why. And Bobby's like, well, that's a load of crap. Who the hell were you to say? Yeah, you tell him, Bobby. Yeah. Says, I'm your father, and you show your father respect. The day he deserves it, you drunken bully. bully. Punching women and kids. Punching women and kids. Is that what they call fatherhood in your day? And Bobby's father says, You deserved it, which I think is a really interesting, like, very neat parallel off of deserving. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Says, You are nothing but ungrateful. I was a kid. Kids ain't supposed to be grateful. They're supposed to eat your food and break your heart, you selfish dick. You died, and I was still so afraid I'd turn into you. I never even had kids of my own. And then we get the final, you break everything you touch. Well, this is the second time he said that, because he said it with the milk also. Yeah, but no, this is the final one, I mean. Oh, I I thought you said finally. No, 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 this is the last, this is the third, you know, rules of threes is the last time it's repeated. And then this time he refutes it. He says, well... Yeah, well, as fate would have it, I adopted two boys. He adopted them. They grew up heroes, so you can go to hell. So this is what I was saying earlier about, like, is he a person or a monster? Because I feel like Bobby in this moment, like, he faces this memory and he sees this, like, pathetic man and is like, oh, this is fine. I fought monsters. This is just another monster. So I see that read, but I don't think it's, like explicit in the text that he's decided his father is not a person i think he's just decided no i don't think so you know yeah yeah which there there is a lot of there's overlap between bad people and monsters yes i'm just particularly thinking about like how what what bobby views as a person as expressed in the last episode and the way he thinks about himself and breaking everything he touches and not being able to like 
be around people or participate in society again by having children, by like having a wife and having children, which yes, the show is very normative in that way. But like thematically speaking, he doesn't view himself as a person. He doesn't view himself as someone who can do this. And this is why this scene is why I asked if we think that he still thinks that about himself, because it's in this moment that he's able to like admit to himself that he actually did a good job, that he was able oh, to, so right. like, he didn't do a perfect job. Like, Sam and Dean are still broken in a lot of ways, <laughs> but, like, they're alive and they saved the world and he was there for that. Oh, and, mm. yeah. Yeah, you know what? There's, that's fair. I was thinking, like, he conceives of a person as someone who is participating in society in this normative way, and his dad did do that. But on the other end, his fa- his father also very much failed to do that. Yeah. Um, he's exactly. failing at this um, landmark of being a person, whereas Bobby did not fail in that same way, even though it took him until now to realize fully. Mm -hmm. Bobby views uh, having children and raising them as, like, a very serious responsibility because of how his parents failed him. And that's why he's loath to accept it in himself because he doesn't think it's possible for someone so broken to successfully raise kids. Yeah. Um, the way I'm bringing up this monster, the reason I'm bringing up this monster dichotomy is not because I think he's a monster, I agree with the way Bobby views the world, but the way that Bobby talks to young Bobby after it happens. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like, they pretty yes. much never say thanks when you save him. Like, he is yeah. he is connecting this to the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as um, he's giving this speech, we cut back to the real world where he's showing signs of responsiveness. Um, He's done it. He's faced it. Yeah. Uh, sorry, right before that, I do want to say, like, we skipped over the, the gunshot, which, like, it's just the no. action. It's just the gunshot. But... No. Yeah, they, they just it's say like he shows he's showing signs of responsiveness. Oh, oh Sam and sorry. start you're going right, in, right. and then the situation happens. You're right. You're right. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I wouldn't skip that. Jeez. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So what did you want to say about I the thought... scene? Because now we're up to it. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. just um the the... The way, uh, the way the camera turns and we see like little boy Bobby holding the gun, it's just like yeah. deep, like feeling of dread and like, oh, I know how this is gonna end. It's just, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. uh, it's telegraphed. So, how clearly. old do you think he it, is it, in the scene? Would you say about ten? Yeah, ten to twelve. Yeah. yeah. I'm so deeply upset by Dean and Bobby mirrors. I don't even uh-huh. have words. Literally, so true. Literally. He says you're not half. You're not, you're not like. Bobby's father says you're not half enough man. man to use that thing. Yeah. No, he's not. He's way too young to have to use that. Uh-huh. But then he just does it. He shoots his dad in the exact same spot he just got shot in the head in the real world. Um, young Bobby does this, so this is not like adult Bobby doing yeah. this consciously. This is just a coincidence for narrative reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bobby's mother says God is gonna punish you. It happens so fast. Like we do, really we do does. slow down to like take in the the death, but like the gunshot, he just fires it. Like he doesn't even think about it. Yeah, he says leave her alone, and then like that, the gun goes off. Yeah, then Bobby walks over to young Bobby, says you did what you had to. They never say thanks. Go bury him. Yeah. Have you guys seen Rocket Man? I've not. No. I just think forgiving your young self, mm. reconciling with your younger self. So, so true. I should rewatch Rocket it's Man. A... Anyway, yeah, it's a good scene. It's always a compelling moment in fiction. Um, 
Yeah, and then he goes and buries his dad, baby, baby Bobby. The kill your dad show. Yeah. Um. Also, there's the bit. Okay, so the the reaper comes up and says the line that we said about the genetic case of bullet in the brain. Um. But in the yeah. real world, Sam thanks Bobby for everything, which is really good playing off of what he just said about how they never say yeah. thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting teary. I'm just. <laughs> my notes here go insane so my next note after saying things is heart emoji smiley face frowny face oog not the memory <laughs> um <clears throat> so, that's just what my notes are like all the time so yeah sam thanks him um they like start stepping back dean like doesn't talk really but like we see him reacting to this like on his face yeah then bobby um, opens his eyes and then his hand well we see his hand move up first yeah which sam was just holding mm-hmm. his hand which is good and then yeah he, he, he wakes up yeah he starts trying to talk but he still has the respirator like he pulls the respirator away he's trying to talk but he's struggling because he's literally dying and dean says yeah. like don't talk don't talk grabs a pen from the the chart at the end of the bed and passes it over that's the number down. They're so panicked. He's dying. And then he has like such a peaceful look on his oh face. God. And he calls them idgits one more time and then and he, he dies. He smiles. He says idgits with yeah. the most affection anyone can possibly say idgits. Literally so true. Ugh, dying. There's like uh, it's it's this is right. It's like part of me is sad that he can't say like my boys or something like that like he can't he still can't quite express that but that is what he is expressing through saying that like and it's the repeated yeah. word that like has always that's been affectionate says, i love you yeah and that's all he has left like literally we see into his brain in a minute and the only thing he yeah. has left is this memory of loving them and also he says it with like a big smile on his face too. yeah it's like yeah it's fine yeah yeah, and then yeah, then we go back to his brain, and it's this it's this movie night memory yeah. again. The Reaper points out that this this house, this memory, is his last thing left. Everything else is gone. Um, he says, "For your own good, Bobby, let go. They'll be okay without you." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. I am crying now. By the way. <laughs> the Reaper's like, "Nice move." He's like, "Motivation's mother," and yeah, the Reaper's like. Uh, you know why it's dark out there. This house, it's your last island. Everything else melted by that bullet gone. I, that's that's a great line. Like, that's good writing there. I don't know. I found that really evocative. Just this, like, last mm-hmm. little light in the darkness, and it's just this goofy memory of them arguing <laughs> about licorice. Yeah. He says, I'm glad I saved the best for last. Oh, the, yeah. This is best memories just hanging out with his kids. Um, so Bobby cute. comes over and Dean says, "Scoot, jerk face, show your elders some respect." And Sam goes, "You scoot, asshat." <laughs> yeah, I get the sense it's it's adult Sam and Dean here, yeah. but I get the sense that this is probably when they were teenagers. I don't know if that's fully true, but they're like really acting like teenagers in this. I scene. think they're really acting like siblings, yeah. and they're comfortably immature here. So it could be that they that's act true. like this when they're adults, and it could be. Uh, replacing their past selves I think it reads either way yeah yeah because well in the rest of the memories Dean was played by a, a child uh, the younger version of Bobby was a child Rufus is younger R- yeah I mean I guess they did make him look younger yeah the rest of the memories seem to be chronological chron- chronological 
but the shirt Sam is wearing is very much more of like a season one Sam. Yeah, shirt, it's so. definitely early seasons them. Yeah, at the very least, like if yeah, it's not it's, it's if it's not before ago. Sam ran off to college. Yeah, they're just hanging out. Which I'm, I'm they're fine arguing with about junk food. <laughs> Sam goes, nobody likes licorice. It's made out of dirt. <laughs> We got good snacks. Licorice is disgusting. <laughs> Dean's like, I'm sorry, I didn't quite understand that. Uh, Mr. Peanut Butter and Banana Sandwiches. Shut the fuck up, Dean. Peanut Butter and Banana Sandwiches are good. Mm-hmm. So they, they continue Sam arguing is... about this. Bobby's watching them with a smile. Yeah. Um, Dean says licorice is a little chewy pieces of heaven. And for some reason, heaven. like as they fade, Sam goes, chewy pieces of heaven if you're a girl. What? That that's the line that made me think. Oh, they feel so much like teenagers in this scene. I don't think like modern Sam would say that. This is Sam before he got woke. <laughs> Maybe two thousand seventeen uh, Sam would say that. And then yeah, the Reaper's like, so say or go. What's it gonna be? And then the episode ends. And we the, have this the, tick 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 tick, tick, tick of the tick, watch, yeah. and then it fades, as it fades to black, and then, and then, it, then it stops, stops and, and the credits, credits roll. start. Oh my god, family. Yeah. Goodbye, Bobby. Family. Yeah. Rip to a fucking real one. Rip to a real one. Man, I knew it was going to happen eventually, but but you know how we talked about like how like Joe and Ellen's send-off was like not that great like all things considered, mm-hmm. like it could have been so much better. Uh we could have mm-hmm. had more of them uh like spread out throughout the show rather than like them like kind of being wheeled back out from like the bus to die. This is uh, well. That this is this is that. This is this is like a character like our our basically only besides like Castiel who we know is coming back also dead. Um, also yeah, but like uh, I was gonna say besides Castiel, our only other like major recurring like friendly character. So it's good that they mm-hmm. yeah they they really pulled out all the stops for this one. Fantastic episode. Yeah, it's a good it's a good send off. It's really good. It makes me ball. This is, you know, I'm going to say right now, if you stopped watching in season five, at least watch this episode. Yeah, just this one. Just this one. I mean, we've just spoiled the whole Ignore thing for you, but it's Dan. good anyway. Yeah, it's still good. It's like, so good. The, it made the, me cry just talking about it. I'm yeah, literally sniffling right now. Yeah. Blowing my nose on air. The, the craft is, is very admirable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like high cinema. It's a weekly monster of the week. Like, no. it's a monster of the week TV show, but like for what it is. Like they, they, mm-hmm. they, uh, like did a yeah. I keep saying like they did a great job. They did. They did. Yeah. <laughs> um. Do we have? I'm just repeating Are myself at this up? point. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Um. We got a few. Uh. The ghost. Um. Was played by. Um. Chella Horstel. I think is. I don't know if that's a. I don't know if that's a ch or a. Ch, but uh, regardless, um, she, uh, she, this is this is kind of funny, um, or like interesting. She's the daughter of uh, the Canadian folk singer Valdi, uh, Valdi, uh, and has been in um, a bunch of stuff. She's been acting since the nineties, uh, but her major roles are um, she was Barbara in Level Up. Uh, she was Angie Gold in Blackstone. She was Cat Montgomery in When Calls the Heart. She was Kate Spencer in Arrow. Uh, Chris in The Returned. Maggie Palmer in Hell on Wheels. Lorraine Matherfield in You Met Her. 
uh, Helen Smith in The Man in the High Castle, uh, Federation President Lyra Rillick in Star Trek Discovery, and uh, Margie in Firefly Lane. Um, then we have some, like, uh, um, interesting sort of smaller roles. Uh, if, as for the Doctors, I don't even know who Lara... Oh, wait! Sorry, sorry, I got these in reverse. Sorry, Bobby's mother, uh, Chella Horstel, who I just said, I flipped my notes. Uh, that, that was Bobby's mother who she played. The ghost was played by Car uh, Carmel Ahmed, uh, who is a uh, Jewish actor. Um, she has been in, she was in, um, Mistresses, Ariel Greenberg, um, Jenny in Somewhere Between, Daphne Holt in Ghost Wars, Kylie in You Met Her, um, Jamie in Virgin River, and, um, there's also, uh, there's an interesting thing in her, um, oh yeah, she's also a big theater, uh, actress, she's been in Sleep No More, um, she uh, directed and produced a one-woman show called Doll. Um, has has apparently done some pretty interesting theater stuff. And um, finally, the um, I believe the guy that Dean traumatizes, the organ donor <laughs> guy, uh, is played by um, Shekhar Pelija, um, who is a uh, he hasn't really been in anything acting wise but is a um author is an award-winning author apparently wrote a book called an extraordinary destiny um about uh i believe the partition of india um and yeah like a multi-generational story about an indian family starting with the partition of india etc cetera, etc cetera. apparently pretty good book so that's cool nice oh yeah next week um, and yeah that's it next thank, thank you yeah, thank yeah. you very much for listening this was this was this these were two these two episodes particularly death store were very fun to talk about thank you for sitting me with, with me while i cried um <laughs> next week we have seven what is this 11 adventures in babysitting where we met meet mm -hmm. a fun teenage girl and seven twelve time after time where dean is a gay ass okay it's time after time after time thank you it is not on the supernatural wiki time. under that name well, it is on Google. Hold on, let me go to Netflix now. That's a Cindy Lauper song, right? Time after time. Yes, it is. <laughs> Cindy Lauper, great, great, great musician. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, it's oh, inconsistent because it I've okay, definitely seen wrong. it. I'm seeing it as time after time after time, but only in some results. So I guess we'll see what it says on screen when we watch the episode. Okay. Well. Hold on, I'll do it okay. right now. I want to. <laughs> Look, look forward to that. Uh, thank you for listening. Please rate and review us on the podcast platform of your choice. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, write in, like I said earlier. If you've got things to say to us, we're, we're always happy to read them. Um, until next time. We're going to be we're crying. We're going to be sad about Bobby. Bobby. <laughs> That's it. That was a pretty yeah. basic one. <laughs> <laughs>
Find the link in the episode description.